earn myself one of these. Well, good on you, man. I'm very happy. Awesome. What is that one? It's a Howling Gourd. Oh, yeah. You told me about those. So uh, pumpkin is, right? I figured it was some kind of pumpkin. It's a pumpkin uh, fall. ale. Uh, yeah, it doesn't tell me a lot about what it is. 7% alcohol by volume. Hey, it's pretty good for that size. My man. Well, enjoy it. You earned it tonight. Oh, thanks. Suck my balls. <laughs> I'm sure uh, you could tell. Right, uh, I was hanging out with Eric this evening. Yeah, as you should. Yep, oh, yep. this evening? No. I mean, well, how well this afternoon. Yeah, this afternoon. Sure. I yeah. uh, ended up going back to his house and hanging out for a little bit, um, which is why I messaged you because we are, he and I were brainstorming about guy activities, men activities. <laughs> guy <right>? loves. <laughs> Did you watch Scrubs? I did, and actually I listened to that. I had it on, I was listening to the Scrub soundtrack on uh, Shuffle, and that came up. The, uh, nice. But it was not their version, it was the, uh, what was the quartet that... Oh, Ted's quartet. Ted's that's, quartet. That's, that's that's fun. Yeah, um, it was, it was nice, it was a nice version of that song. He passed away recently. He did, man. Rest yeah. in peace. Yeah, Scrub Tree Watch podcast is terrific. Yeah, it is. Uh, we ended up going down to the park, his park... Um, really close to his house because it's such nice weather. I figured we'd just get out and, and enjoy the afternoon. And, uh, and so as, as, uh, as gentlemen's want, uh, we brought a, a basketball and went down there and played a little bit of round ball. We're playing basketball. <laughs> and he showed me a music video a few weeks ago of little stranger. This is that band that, uh, he and I have been following. They're from Pittsburgh and he surprised me. And took me to a show in San Diego. It was just him and I. It was for oh, I remember. Like, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Tiny venue, amazing experience. One of those moments that just can't be uh, replaced. Uh, the kind of evening where, like, I was sitting there at the front, and this out of nowhere, somebody grabs my hand. I look over to my right, and a dude kisses my hand, and then backs off and dissolves into the crowd. I had no, no. Anyway, I'm digressing here. Um, so we were at the venue, saw the band. <laughs> Uh, and so he shows me this music video and in this music video that they have, all they're doing is they're playing basketball and the music is playing underneath, but they're playing in slow-mo. So Eric is saying, Hey, let's make a video like this. And my, my thought is as far as the math goes, if you speed up the song 50%, right, right. right? Correct. So if I speed up the song by 50%, then I would take well, the video at normal speed. I got it at 60 frames per second. Cause I figured, uh, you shot at 60 more frames, frames, so yes, you would cut in 30 frame, and you would play the song at 200%. Right, right and that's what I thought. So, well, what, that's the thing, is you play the song at normal speed, when you're, when you're, uh-huh. or you just throw the song in when you're cutting it, and then you extend uh-huh. the time, right, of the video. And so I thought... Uh, I guess, I thought you guys were going to try to lip sync. So we you did, and we the did. the song at 200. Oh, sweet. So okay. we listened to it and lip synced to the song. And these were Jimmy World songs that we did. We did five Jimmy World songs in a row, nice. different ones. And it was a lot of fun. But I figured we play them at, and I ended up doing it with 1.5 speed. So 50% faster, right? Uh-huh. And then I thought, I thought uh-huh. in my head, well, if I extend the time by 150%, so the video is longer... Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we were listening to it faster, mm-hmm. so the video would be longer. I sat there, David, for like twenty minutes. Just man, I, I thought, okay, the math is great. I'm, I'm great at this. Beep boop bop, popped in numbers, reduced it or increased it by like, I don't know, twenty five percent, fifty percent. Nothing was working, and I thought this is stupid because the math freaking checks out. So you were do you were speeding it up 
doing a test and it wasn't working. Right. So I was increasing yeah. the length of it. So the video was ended up um, moving slower, but our lip syncing was supposed to line up with the song. I was getting so frustrated. And then I ended up just going, I did the, the 50, the, the outside inside thing where I was like, okay, this doesn't work. Then I'm going to go to this extreme. And then I'm going to go to the middle of this extreme and then the middle of that extreme. And I ended up at 67.8% duration. Uh And I I thought to myself, that makes sense, I guess, because now it's 67.8 is kind of like 67.777 repeating. Of course. Right. Right. So like that's, it's running at 67, so that's, what is that, ma- I, I couldn't even, I'm sitting here, and my brain is like that, that gif <laughs> of the woman with the freaking things going around, and I'm yeah. just like editing numbers, and it's like, I just want them to well, line you're up. you're editing it in Audition too, right? So no, like this is actually in Premiere, so I'm doing this in Premiere, and changing the speed slash duration, and it wasn't uh-huh. lining up. I ended up figuring it out. What I did was I chopped right when the song starts, and then just fiddled with the numbers until they matched up at the end, because they don't have mm-hmm. that tweak thing. Ended up being, they do, but it, it's you got to know where to find it. And I know it. And I was like, <laughs> David's busy. I'm struggling just to do this. I'm just going to punch in numbers. At the end of the day, I got all five videos. They look great. I Sick. figured them out. Yeah, happy for it. Um, and you know, it's like with art and stuff. I just want to be able to experiment and get a result with video when math and numbers are involved. I can't do it. But yeah. but tonight it was just uh, I was feeling it in my heart, David, and uh, and I think that's what got me through it. Well. That's my best theory. (laughs) (laughs) You got so early, man. Sorry. This is Jimmy Eat Pod. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I really thought it was going to be like a five minute project, and this thing ended up being 20 minutes of just setting it up. Yeah. It's okay. You know what? Play the song back at 67% to get. Right. To line up when you're. So it was 50% faster, right? 1.5%, 50% faster. So I thought if I do the same thing, if I increase the duration by 50%, but I was increasing it by. I think of it that way. I would would, would shoot it at twice the speed from 30 to 60. Exactly. So I would play the song back at 200% and. Right. Sing it back really fast as I was shooting in right. 60 frames. Exactly. So when I cut it in a 30 frame timeline, it should work. Exactly. It should, in theory, right? And that's that's how I was operating with all the five videos that I did. And I knew I'd be able to figure it out because it's like I got, I got the footage. I have the frames. Um, I know what the song is and I've got the waveform. It was just yeah. not, it was not as simple as I thought. Yeah. Here. It looks like you boys seen a lot of that. <laughs> you My dad was watching that on me. <laughs> he was? Your dad was? He was watching it today, yeah. He was watching the despecialized editions I have on my Plex. Oh, the, the originals? Yeah. My mom like wanders through the room. She's like, I'm still mad at George Lucas for ruining this. And she's telling me about how she went and saw it opening night and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, these are the despecialized versions. She was like, oh, well, it's not on the big screen. I was like, okay, great. I don't know what to tell you. All, <laughs> all I can tell you about the specialized version was, uh, I think when they were doing the promo for it, was the Death Star when it explodes. There was that that disc that explodes. Ring. Yeah, the yeah. ring. And that was all I remember. I I'm sure there were tons of other things that, that they added. Yeah, they there. added like random things. Like, you know, when R2 is kind of hiding in the cave when, uh, when uh, the sand people are coming out. Uh, over near Ben's place, mm-hmm. Sand people. and they like digitally put a rock in front of R two D two to have him hiding better. <laughs> I was like, "What? What the fuck is this?" And then there's like all those insert shots of like 
people uh, of like uh vehicles just passing by before a scene starts just to add more just like, more like lead time to the world. Oh, yeah. yeah and then the uh, job of the hut scene got put back in with uh han and jabba in the Moss Eisley spaceport, and then Han steps over Jabba's tail, and it looks terrible because they just keyframed him up and down like he stepped on Jabba the Hutt. Like the frame so just, bad. Or his cell just, just goes a, up Just and a over. really shitty keyframe of, like, Harrison Ford, like, stepping over Jabba, uh, Jabba the Hutt. So, yeah. uh, 155, here we are. Dude, um, my goodness, This is man. the end of something. A hidden message for uh, people. You'll hear it in the interview a little bit. We, 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 we allude to a hidden message. Um, yeah. Hey, I'm but, very, um, I'm very happy. I, I'm not, you know, again, we're just kind of tap dancing around what's going on. But I, I'm very happy that you are able to achieve this, this milestone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's called an acrostic. Poem. Oh, is okay. Is, All right. Yeah, and they actually talked about it on 155, and I meant to bring it up on our interview, and I forgot. But we have a really fun interview with Sam and Josiah of 155 Podcast. Yeah, uh, who were the inspiration to this podcast, and I'm pretty sure I bulldozed over all of Justin's mm. talking points, but I did try to. <laughs> you did a great job. Leisure, right? You did a great I, job. You I, said, that. "Now let's I listen to Justin's Justin. response yeah. first. You, yeah. you were very, <laughs> very courteous. Um, I want to read this message. This is current events as of the, this recording, Providence, Rhode Island show update. Short story, we're propose, postponing our show tonight, September 24th, at the Strand in Providence, Rhode Island. Stay tuned for information on a new date. Longer story, in 30 years of playing our songs live, I can think of three times we had to cancel or postpone a show. One, we did a total no-show in Boise because our van slid off the road due to, ba- due to black ice, ended up making a fire roadside and debating cannibalism. Another time, we had to bail on a string of shows for what would have been Christy Front Drive's last tour. Tom broke his wrist defending a bro at a party or something. I keep telling everyone that Tom is the badass of the group. And then our other instance was a Detroit show on 9-11-2001. So it's a big deal. It was a decision we don't usually consider an option, but on my way to on stage last night, I could feel some congestion migrating to my upper chest. And as regular sick as I've ever been, I can't think of a time where I've been so powerless to move the air around in order to produce a note I want to sing. I did the best I could, even in the lower register. Alt notes I tried to hit were swings and misses. I just don't feel like I can give people the performance they expect from us, as we have worked really hard to set the base expectation high. I apologize with everything I have left. So sorry for plans and travel our fans may have already taken. We will do our best to make it right, says Jim Adkins. And uh, and that's the latest uh, that there is. Um, my man is sick. Yeah, He's not I fine. really hope he gets better soon because those uh, the 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 chest congestion. Yeah, uh, that can linger, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, and uh, yeah, upper respiratory is no fun. Um, did you end up watching the Fender Sessions performance? Uh, no, I did not. I did oh, not. It's so fun, dude! It's so fun. They weaved in. An interview with live performance. I won't be the second. I'm Jim Atkins. Welcome to our Fender session. I'm going to tell you how it really is now. Ah. <laughs> so that's how it opens. It's terrific. Sick. Um, and uh, it's a really, really well produced, insanely mixed, Justin. Just listen to the beginning of this. Metalhead Jim Kidd was probably listening to a lot of Metallica, probably a lot of Justice for All, probably some Anthrax. I would listen to music for for things I could try, 
it'd be like, okay, oh, this is cool. There's, they're walking around with octaves. I want to try that. That sounds like something I can do. There's definitely a part of me that still identifies as a 14-year-old metalhead. Like when you're a kid, it's it's like, I got a part for a song, guys. Like, oh, cool. What are we doing <laughs> after that? Uh, how about this? Okay, great. What are you gonna do? How about? All right, cool. That's a song. All right, we're gonna play it tonight. It's like that easy. Before this world starts up again, it's me and I. We wait for the sun. The kids and drunks head back inside. How good is Man. that mix, dude? It does sound amazing. Uh, it's incredible. I don't know who did it. And Tom playing a uh, somebody said an anniversary edition telly. Oh yeah, yeah very it's very a video. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I saw all the conversation around it. I just still did yeah, not yeah. get a it's, chance. It's a great watch. Uh, even if you just put it in the background while you're like working on something, yeah. you don't have to see it. It's all one take. Like, uh, uh, sorry, it, of course it's one take. It's literally one angle. They just have a guy on a gim with a gimbal shooting the band coming in and out, oh, and sick. there's no cuts. It's great. Um, other than the interview, obviously Jim's not like having a sit down interview and then running right <laughs> up to the microphone to sing. <laughs> No, but it's a really good watch. All right, it's, it's I will. I uh, tomorrow I will watch it, guaranteed. Yeah, um, also, you know what we forgot to mention was uh, speaking of rock and roll, uh, we did not mention that Matt Schlosser basically live messaged us from the Thank Cleveland you. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on the the night that uh, the band played. Please go through those. Yeah, so he started. Uh, in four at four seventeen in the afternoon, uh, with coming at you live from the Rock Hall <laughs> with this beautiful picture of the uh, the Cleveland skyline here, uh, and in the foreground you can see it says Rock Hall Live, and I imagine it's just crazy to think, looking at this picture that the uh, the guardrails there, there's about four or five people, and I'd say the majority of them look like people that work at the venue, so yeah. it's a very early in the in the afternoon people are just kind of sitting around it looks like a really cool venue yeah. um and then he proceeds around two hours later to send us some sick photos he was up at the front right up front right up front uh of jim and then uh zooms in on a couple of shots of tom and by the end of the evening this was uh <laughs> when i said oh man i'm so jealous uh this is 7 35 p.m some backlit shots of them yep. and then the 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 culminating shot at 9.13, he sends us this one, though, and it's this picture of Jim with the blue backdrop. Then the foreground, yeah. he's got he's lit up by red lights playing his uh, yep, his J.A. 90. Uh, just a redden. Yeah, a redden. Yeah, man. Just looking looking like a snack as he does. Yep. Uh, That's a great job. And that was, yeah, yeah five hours of uh, messages and, and chiming in from Matt Schlosser. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, lots of people from the community at that show. That was super yeah, fun. Like, very I saw fun. lots of meetups. Sam Nork was there snapping photos. I was trying to see if I could see her in his, uh, in his shots here. It's very possible that that's her in the photo pit right in front of him, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, oh, yeah. He's got that nice wide cool. shot. She's, she's popping. Yeah, aiming up, huh, there. That's probably her. Oh, and then he's got, uh, <laughs> what did he say about Beprosy here? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I think that's how he started off the conversation, right? Is that what he said? This is uh, right. Uh, oh, this was more recent. Morning? Yes, this was or, more recent. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, so I'm behind on the podcast, listening to the battery acid episode, and I swear I've heard before, including the Beprosy discussion and the mention of Mill and Colin. Am I insane? Uh, and then a minute <laughs> later, maybe I heard them out of order or something. Carry on. <laughs> and I think we resolved it to being uh, Mitch. Right, was conversing with yeah. us. 
uh, via social message or social yep. yeah media. And I then it was uh, on uh, Facebook Messenger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that we probably talked about that in a later episode, which is he probably That's was right. listening out of order. Yeah, but Matt we try Schlosser, to keep them evergreen. You. But yeah, there is a th- there, there's a larger through yeah. line. It's like you know, what I mean, it's like yeah, and it's, it's like a Law and Order. You can watch any episode, but like if you really want to know what they're doing at home, you got to catch like the first fifteen minutes. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yep. All right. So the song is my best theory from the album Invented. It also had a CD single backed with Anias. Um, Anias, right? Yeah. And we'll get to it. I'll figure out. Uh, Australian promo CD exists in iTunes Festival London 2011 thing. A seven inch with uh, backed with Stop, which we'll hear about. Uh, um, Stitches and Grooves has some thoughts about that seven inch. And then an incredible picture disc. Did you see this picture disc? Uh, maybe I didn't. Dude, check out this, pic- this picture me- disc. And one person on the Facebook group, at least one person on the Facebook group, has uh this picture disc i'll get you a name real quick oh well yes joe calderon on uh the facebook group has uh, yes we've we've looked at this one before i think i remarked about this one reminding me of my grandma's house because of that stained glass window yeah yeah and then um here's the back side of it let me see if i can get you the picture a band photo on the back on the back side pretty fucking cool oh that's Uh, sick so yeah joe calderon has this uh and what did Joe say about it? And here's another goodie from in the invented era. Yeah, that record may not be my favorite, but Jim, some Jimmy is better than no Jimmy at all. Um, so, yeah, pretty cool. And what does Jonathan Lee say? Wow, they're displayed in any way or kept safe in a fireproof. <laughs> oh, are they displayed in any way or kept safe in a fireproof box? I'll just keep them all in plastic outer sleeves and poly lined inner, inner sleeves or rice paper inner sleeves. If they came without a standard jacket like this one, I'll just keep them as is. And, uh, yeah, Thomas Nepshield says, I love My Best Theory. Top tier song. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, where you can find it. It's track two of 12 on Invented. Uh, so, get this. It was a single that was released August 10th, 2010. But August 17th, 2010 is when it impacted radio. Uh, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> that's what Jimmy Wiki had, though. <laughs> impacted radio. Um, I assume it just got a radio date. Uh, right on august 17th and then the album itself was released on september 28th uh a month and change later uh produced by jimmy eat world and mark trombino recorded at unit 2 capital studios and sae mastering i don't know if that means what do you think it means when it says recorded at sae mastering do you think they were mastering the record and like because mastering's beyond mixing right does the does the dude mastering it call up mark trombino and say i don't know man you sure this is how you want it to sound? I think there should be another guitar. Like, like at what point? Like, I thought mastering was just leveling everything, like to to like appropriate based on the mix, leveling it to like broadcast. I say broadcast standards, but you know, like whatever the the professional album level is. Right. When I was doing uh, creating my own songs around that time, we were at CSUN. I remember looking up and, and seeing the process of mixing and mastering, and I was always way more uh, afraid of mastering because I thought mastering sounds so crazy. But no, it's actually the mixing where you do like like Jim talks about with with uh, noise gates and all this kind of stuff. But when mm-hmm. when certain sound chains, yeah, yeah when certain sounds come in and you want to dip the audio just a little bit so the vocals sit on top, that's all mixing, right? That's what yeah. the yep, mixing. Yep, yep, yep. You're right. Yeah, the mastering, mastering is what brings just, the mix to the right level. Right. But I'm wondering if they say when they say recorded again, I wonder if by them moving like a master tape into like 
through the process of remastering if they can then say, oh, this was recorded, recorded. Oh, but was has Invented been remastered in any way? I don't think so. I don't know. That, yeah. Probably not. This was 2010. There's nothing that's – it's already yeah. good. It's 12 years old now, which is I'm sure kind it'll, of it's insane. another eight years before it'll be 10. remastered. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't um, know. I don't know the details on that. So yeah. Uh, written by Jimmy World Singer is Jim featuring Courtney Marie Andrews. Uh, the label is DGC slash Interscope, David Geffen Company, and it's a do a get a pickle with that uh, music track, according to ASCAP. Uh, no demo that I found. Did you find a demo for this at all? Um, only the acoustic, but no demo, no. Right. Um, and the acoustic is a live performance, which I yep. had to end up, <laughs> I had to play a bunch of back to back and say, okay, this is the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, played it. 347 times, 81 of which were in 2013 alone. This is their number 16th most played track. Um, first played in concert September 21st, 2010 at the Center Stage in Atlanta, Georgia. Most recently played, this is kind of surprising, November 20th, 2019 at the Orange Peel, Asheville, North Carolina. So I haven't oh. played it since 2019, uh, late 2019. Notable high notes of B4 and A4, notable low note of E3. 82.4 thousand listeners have scrabbled this song 540,000 times, 540.1 thousand times, 27 of which are from me. Justin, how many times have you spun this track? I really love Asheville, man. Uh, I have spun this track 143 times, David. Well, it's funny. I made a mental note about Asheville. The only thing I know about Asheville is that is where I'm pretty sure they shot Dawson's Creek. Um, <laughs> what do you know of Asheville? Uh, I know that it's about an hour away from where my family lives and... Uh, Cool. Yeah, it, it's a it's a beautiful place. Theirs is more green. Uh, Asheville's more hilly and green. So okay. It's, um, Asheville, like no, North Carolina. Yep. I'm gonna guess. I don't know East Coast geography that well. It's above South Carolina. <laughs> um, but like, so far what so is good. It? it goes. What does it go? Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. I believe so. Yeah. There's nothing in between. All right, cool. Yeah. Look, you got it. Look at me. Yeah, look at you. And that's halfway. If I didn't have the context of the Carolinas, though, I would have said Florida, Georgia, <laughs> Virginia, or Tennessee, or you're Delaware. Going more, I don't know. <laughs> We're in Delaware. Florida, Georgia, Maine, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. They just, you know, hop one, two, skip a <laughs> New few. New York, I guess, is in there somewhere. <laughs> anyway, uh, what do the Spotify numbers look like? Uh, oh, yeah. Let's see this. Um, I this, assume this has got to be the number one play track on this record. Yep. Five. 5.2 million plays. Uh, it nice. kind of overshadows everything else. The biggest one, the biggest next. I think that's like $5.20, right? That's what <laughs> it the heart is hard to find, coffee and cigarettes, the what the track you absolutely love and adore. Uh, little thing. Those are all the next in line, all at 2 million. So it's it's uh, overshadowed them. Nice. Big time. My best theory. Two and a half times. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, it's a D major key. That makes it a 10B Camelot, 120 BPM, and a 323 duration. Justin, shall we get into the lyrics? Let's do it, man. I like these lyrics. This one also. I'm going to pull up the liner notes while you read the yes. lyrics. And I'm glad I looked at the liner notes this afternoon because okay. there is a, there's a section in the bridge where I thought, I hear something that's different from what I grabbed from Genius. Ooh. Uh, and was interested to find that what's in the liner notes is actually different from what's on Genius, but still not what I thought they were saying. So I'll get, I'll, oh. I'll get to that point, and, and you let me know what you think. He is kind of chewing on marbles here. <laughs> the bridge, though, man. I, I know we talked it about sounds this. sounds good. Like his voice, the timber in his voice is good. Yeah. The diction is lacking, I think. Uh, but. Yeah, but he's got a lot of lyrics that he's he's popping out here. Yeah. Okay, so I blocked the I blocked out the verses into two two bits. 
So we'll do the first half, second half, and then jump into that chorus. So this is my best theory from Invented 2010. It's been a long time, so long, there's only one life I know. I know. <laughs> uh, but I have my own mind. I'll say so if it seems right. And that's... Yep. And then Jim says, air rush out. So I think what he's saying here is they've arrived at a point of confusion, the narrator. Uh, confusion or decision. And they realize they're their own person and can make their own choices. Uh, but I have my own mind. So then the verse goes on to say... Uh, I see your warm face with the soft mouth. Your warm face. Yeah. What does so it say? Why don't it say a warm face? I see a warm. Okay, got it. Fixed. I see a warm face with the soft mouth, but it speaks something else. Else. Mm, you got a soft mouth. <laughs> I'll take my chances with the cast down. We can feel the air. And then it goes in the chorus. Uh, in the second half, I feel like Jim is saying a sweet, inviting person is saying something contradictory to their looks and maybe asking something of them that they're uncomfortable with and uh, their decision. I'll take my chances with the cast down. Uh, their decision may or may not work. And they're willing to take that bet as we lead in to the chorus with, we can feel the air dot, dot, dot. And then the chorus goes as follows rush out, out from the center. Not like one side is any better stand up as they bend reaching my best theory it's already in me, in me. Uh, what do you think the air is, David? Um, uh, hot, uh, um, um, people just talk to talk to hear themselves speak, and it's just a bunch of hot air. Okay, and that's right. the that's the air rushing out. Okay, in my in my mind, uh, I see somebody taking a deep breath and then exhaling from the center of their body. Uh, and just it's a big exhale. And because that's the moment that they realize they want to take that without next giving step. too many spoilers. I think <laughs> Sam and Josiah has taken have poisoned my uh, my my reading of this <laughs> chorus. So I can only see I write as like a libertarian anthem. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does sound marchy, too. Yeah. Uh, and uh <laughs> Yeah, it's it's hard not to to read it that way. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, they're just talking about believing in themselves and then uh, maybe making that decision to jump up and stand tall. Uh, and then if there's a break when they're coming before they go back into that verse where Jim says, we can feel, we can feel the air rush out. Verse two, I guess. I think I had it listed as verse three from uh, Genius, but it's actually verse two. Yeah, it's like... um. <clears throat> The first verse is long. It's like twice as long as right. this. So like it could be verse three if you want. Yeah. I just choose to because Jimmy at World will do that thing where they take a verse that's X. Like that's the normal length and they'll cut it in half on yeah. purpose and then jump right into the chorus again. Yeah. I, I mean, noticed a lot of our covers had trouble with that. <laughs> yeah. It, it, <laughs> he doesn't do it in every song. But Jim definitely does it in this in this one. I, it was labeled wrong, but I, I would stick with this being verse two. Yeah. I feel like which is brave because you know isn't the saying <laughs> "Don't bore us, get to the chorus." And yeah, my man's yeah. first verse is long, dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so brave. Uh, so verse verse two is uh, so many questions, and the answers come back unanswered. Let's hold Answer. the old script. It's a new twist. You can feel the air, and I feel like. The narrator saying they want to know more. They're being forced 
into conforming, but they're Read in those genius lyrics at the end of the verse again. Uh, and the answers come back unanswered. Let's hold the old script. Mm. It's a new twist. You can feel the air. Interesting. So here's what the liner notes say. Let's hope the old script gets a new twist. Oh, okay. You can feel the air rush out. Gets a new trip, a new twist. So that does not change. And hope overhold. That does not change my annotation. Uh, I so I grasped. Sure. I gleaned the same uh, sentiment here. So I think what they're saying is they want to know more. They're being forced into conforming, but their inquisitive minds want to know the truth. Uh, and the truth, David, is uh, is out there. They're holding on <laughs> to their beliefs. The ones the man, quote unquote, uh, is trying to change and suppress. So I feel like this is uh, like a little bit of 1984 vibes. Uh, mm. A little bit of what am I thinking of? Uh, what's the what's the Arnold flick with the red planet? Is that Running Man or is that? No, that's, that's total, total recall. recall. Yeah, kind of like that, where there's some kind of overseer. And I think this aligns also with the music video that we'll talk about. There's kind of a little segue we can do here. So mm-hmm. I, I feel at this moment the uh, the individual is hoping to change things. Let's hope the old script gets a new twist. Let's, they're going to redo it, but let's just see if it's different this time around. Yeah. So then you got the chorus again. And now you've got a bridge. And I did ask Sam and Josiah... Uh, what they thought about the bridge, if that was memorable at all to them. I don't think it rang. It it stuck with them. But typically, and what I said to them is that Jim can make changes, big changes in a song in the bridge. And I feel like this is one of those moments and maybe more for the just the tone uh, and the level of his voice, how he sings out in that top register. Maybe that's what makes it so unique. But I do like this bridge, David. That's what I'm getting at. I like this bridge. Uh, And it goes like this. Uh, In a lonely, real place, neither part nor mistake, love what you have with your time. By dousing, find my true design, my flag, my appetite. Was there something in the beginning half of that? (laughs) Neither plan nor mistake, love what you have with your time. Okay. So it was just neither plan nor mistake, love what you have with your time. (laughs) So I always thought he said... (laughs) <laughs> by dousing yeah. fire. Mm. Uh, but it, it is by dousing find my true design, my flag. Yeah, I didn't know any of these lyrics. My I'm appetite. For the first time right now. <laughs> yeah, my appetite. The appetite, the way he drags that, that out. That I, I knew. Ne- I, have, uh, I never, I heard appetite, but I wouldn't believe it was appetite. <laughs> because yeah. it's like, there's no way Jim. Uh, I didn't know the line before it was my flag. This. Yeah, no way, my flag. I thought it was like, I fight my appetite or something like that. <laughs> My fight, my appetite. <laughs> or what did I, I might have thought he said happiness. My happiness. Yeah, I don't know what I thought he said. Yeah, I want to say in my head, my diss, my appetite. <laughs> mm, my diss. Uh, and I think what they're saying here is they're in a place of isolation and stagnation, whether physical or mental, and they're ready to give it up. If not now, then when? Uh, you've got to love the time that you have. Like, be happy or it's not worth it. Um I thought, are they dousing a flame to realize their true reason? Like, just to... to yeah, it's so funny. All I'm thinking fire. now is, like, what I thought he was saying here. <laughs> right? My, by my dousing fire, my true design. I either th- I yeah, thought he no, said desire or design. I Maybe desire. My pain, and my I, pain. I when you're down, instead of with your time, I thought it was when you're down. And then by dousing fine, I thought it was like, but don't. But don't, don't seem fine. Something like that. 
And then my true design, I thought he said my true dessert or something like it. My true dessert. <laughs> okay. I thought true desire. And then I lost my happiness. I think I thought he said I lost my happiness. <laughs> <laughs> my flag, my appetite. Yeah. I heard like my pain or something else. My pain, yeah. my appetite. I didn't know the fucking words. That's yeah. Basically all I'm saying. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, so they just want they want more than what they're given, and yeah. they know it's in them, and it wants to come out to rush out. Yeah. So I think just like the the hot air comes out of the body from that the air rushing out, now they're that exhaustion, that the the breath, that moment, they're yeah. like, let's do this. And I think that does parallel with the music video. I did not watch. I watched the music video on purpose. So that's what after, I was going to say. After I annotated this. Yeah, let's jump into the music video and, and look at this. So, um, real quick, real quick, actually, let's do context. Yeah. Around the oh, do you have first. the same <laughs> the same clip oh, that I have? We, yeah. Uh, well, uh, let's see. So, uh, I've got this. Um, somebody on Song Facts. Uh, or what is this? That's so funny. This is not Song Facts. This is Song Meanings. Just watched their music video for the song. It was strange to say the least. Not exactly sure what they were going for, so I won't say it was bad. Just not what I expected. Anyways, on to the lyrics. So then they go ahead and do the lyrics. But I, right. I pulled that blurb from uh, Song Meanings. Wikipedia says... Um, did you pull the Wikipedia clip at I, all? Um, the clip, I do have the content, that page up. Uh, it says, near the beginning of the video. Do you have that? Uh, yeah, I do. All right, let's go ahead and read that. That'll describe right. it a little so bit. So near the beginning of the video, a masked person is visible, along with various shapes and textures, probably symbolizing attempted mind control. That person is then sent to some sort of altar inside a building by a second kind of masked people, this time symbolizing malevolence. They join two others already apparently working at the altar, giving power to the evil people. At the beginning of the second verse, one of the good masked people who were already there before tries to escape, but then is shot down by the evil people, then they use some sort of science fiction lasers to get rid lasers to get rid of the body. This distraction allows for the remaining good people to escape, but are then chased by the evil ones. The good people are chased out of the building and into the deep woods where they think they are safe. After recognizing each other's voice, they unmask each other to reveal two girls, possibly having some kind of past connection. They both fall asleep and are awoken in the morning by the evil people's lasers. They start panicking, and right as the song ends at this point, the video cuts to black. No member of Jimmy World appears in the video. <laughs> Disclaimer. Um, all right, so that that's a little bit more context. Did you? Let's see. What did I pull? There here? was something I saw. It's very short. Is it I, a YouTube video? Yeah, and I think they were doing some kind of promo. It was. It might so have been part of a long clips promo from that from that set. There. Yeah. There's one where they intro the video, and then one where they talk a little bit about the director, I believe. Okay. Um, uh, why don't you play the first one you have? Yes, I got the intro. Second. You got you you up Sweet. the um the director. So this is the one. Uh, it's a very short intro. <laughs> I love that Tom's in a Scrabble shirt. Hey guys, <laughs> we're Jimmy Eat World here to pick out some of our favorite videos for y'all to watch. Um, I guess the first one we should throw to is our own video for my best theory. This is one that was shot in and around the the New York, Long Island area over a time span of a weekend, and it's a, you know, it's just an interesting story. I hope you guys like it. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to have you guys talk about music videos now. Are yeah. we going to watch them? Nope. <laughs> nope. And next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but pretty cool. They shot in Long Island area, yeah. so that's kind of cool. Um, 
and probably why the band didn't appear in it. So now I'm going to jump to two minutes on this. This is called Ask Reply. It's like the band taking questions from the internet and answering them. But I'm going to jump to two minutes here. I'll give a little bit of, uh, what was your favorite video to make, says Jamie. Jamie from Facebook wants to know what our favorite video to make was. And I would say my favorite video to make was our new single, My Best Theory, because <laughs> none of us are in it. Yeah, we didn't have to like, yeah, we didn't have to actually be in the video. No makeup, no hair, no stylist. Just like, it was just a cool story. Yeah, it was cool to also be creative, you know, go back and forth with the director, Ron Winter, and uh, create this kind of sci-fi world. Now, I'm a bad fan, and I have <laughs> yet to read the Clark comic book. But do you think that maybe Clark is involved in some capacity here? I think they have they have a an interest in robots, robots, right, in general, robots. right? So maybe this was this preceded factories that. of robots and <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like they were inspired by and Jim, Jim reads a lot of a lot of books. Uh, yeah. Maybe they were inspired, um, maybe by the film 1984 and that whole mm -hmm. oh, the the Overlord looking. I, I, I like, let's just say this this is um, Proto Clark. <laughs> it is Proto Clark for Proto -Clark. sure. I'm wondering, uh, like, yeah, is there a through line in some way? Was Clark devised in the back of Jim's mind in some ways as being part of this world? <laughs> uh, I would like to think so. I feel yeah. like Jim's been living in. He has to get into the zone when he's writing lyrics. I imagine. Auto zone. Uh, <laughs> but I'm sure there's a there's a mental place that he goes to when he's writing music, and maybe there's. Yeah. It's almost like uh, you're in. What is it? The world of Stephen King. Like there's there's cross references, right? With certain but from one book to another there's, there's always those little things oh yeah oh. Uh, probably i read it is the it is the only stephen king book i've made it through i've quote unquote i've listened to it twice but it's like 48 hours long so, right well i yeah. do know that the dark tower series does reference other books in fact it actually brings stephen king into it at the end of this book cool yeah so i know that there's a lot of those but i'm just wondering if there's um well, here, let's load this up. Uh, well, just like like if Jim was to, he has this this fake land in his head, and there's this, and Clark is is he created this this dark zone, and that's where Clark lives in his brain. So I believe so. I want to believe that he has this <laughs> this theory in his head or this this thought in his head that's that's driving yeah. all of these characters that he brings in. The last thing I sent you just now, I figured if anybody could get it working, you could because it requires Flash. But Ron Winter created this website, director of this video, and the band had tweeted it out. And I think Zach had said something like, this is the greatest website of all time or something. And it's just like ronwinter.tv slash drums or something like that, right? Um, but I don't know what it is because it's based in Flash. Uh, I didn't know if you had a this, trick. This wasn't the site that we, that we had downloaded as a backup because we knew that i don't think so because i don't know that they've collaborated with ron winter before okay. or since all right i wonder what ron's doing now um but yeah i didn't know if you would be able to get it to do something yeah i will uh let me, let me work on this in the background i'll, I'll bleep bloop right, i'm it. looking up ron winter director los angeles linkedin he's a creative director animator a youngish dude uh 
worked on some Star Wars stuff, Horizon Zero. Yeah, lots of stuff. He did some animation on uh, the Quantum of Solace opening titles. LCD sound system. Heim at Coachella. Oh, Heim, huh? Still working. Ariel Pink. Jimmy Eat World, My Best Theory, Interscope, Direction. Uh, So, yeah, he did that along with... uh, the number 12 looks like you. I remember that band name only because that's the name of a Twilight Zone episode. Oh. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Here he is. Ron Winter. Young, young, a young man uh, went to the RISD, Rhode Island School of Design. Oh, where, wow. uh, where, uh, um, what's his name from Family Guide uh, worked on that. Um, I want to talk about the what I thought about during this watching this video was an angels and airwaves thing that they did when they had first like you know this was going to be like tom delong's art project so he was doing like in the angels and airwaves didn't make music videos they made short films and stuff like that so i want you to take a look at this short film for this uh film for the song called the gift they did a bunch of these short films i don't know if this is the one i'm thinking of but this is the one i'm I keep finding when I search for Angel, Angels and Airwaves short film. And it was for the first record, We Don't Need to Whisper. Um, but it has a very similar vibe. This is four years prior to that video coming out. But it's a lot of masked people. Although there is a little, a few shots of the band actually in here. But yeah, look, massive oh, people. Oh yeah. Yeah, this isn't as they had other short films that had masked people in them that were yeah. way more like the other video. It's very, um, Soylent Green. <laughs> oh, man. What a vibe that record was. Yeah. Uh, 2006, <laughs> man. Put a lot yeah. of thought into these. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, did you also notice in the music video the type of, uh, the, the two evil, as referencing back to that Wikipedia post, uh-huh, the bad, uh, the the bad, bad guys, folk. the two bad, bad people, um, they had those, those horns on their masks that were very similar to yes. the kind that um i feel like the people the individuals who would administer uh medicines and things like that oh right yeah yeah, yeah. the big uh, uh um black plague masks exactly right? yeah yeah so i think they had a little bit of that in there just to really i don't know if that if that referenced anything other than them being evil yeah totally um so yeah that is uh that's all i have for the music video I okay mean, um it was directed by, uh, here's another bit of text I have. Uh, said Adkins, we thought taking a science fiction approach would be a great way to demonstrate breaking free of what may be expected from an individual. We loved director Ron Winter's work and thought he was the perfect choice to help. That is what I have about the music video. All right. Um, 
Did you were you able to get Flash to work? Or are you still poking away over there? Um, I I can't download it. It won't even let me load the um Weak. that file anymore. It's yeah, it's probably bust. dead. Who knows? I wonder what. I wonder if Ron's a drummer of some sort. Um, yeah. He uh, forty four J E Pod. If you I swear this. we downloaded this thing. I don't know if it was Ron Winter or not. I know. I remember what you're talking about. We did download yeah. some F, uh, SWF files, right, to try to resurrect them at a later time. Oh, that you know what? This was the Danomatic. That's what it was. Danomatic. The Danomatic. <laughs> and it did. I mean, it's uh, we, we have a copy of it, but yeah, Flash won't run. So no, I couldn't get it, man. Bummer. Um, shall we do some Jimmy Pot Theater before Let's we jump into some more track notes? Do it. I've got it. I'm all right. Who are you gonna be? I'll. I'll be uh, I'll be MG, I guess. All right, <clears throat> here we go. Ahem. This album is very Einstein. Do you have evidence? Are you sure it's not Edison? Uh, my best theory. Stop. Cut it out. <laughs> Everywhere you look, little things. I guess that my heart is hard to find. Yep. This album is underrated, but then again, so are all of Jimmy World's albums. I got a number. How you like them apples? <laughs> Looks at him confused. <laughs> so weird. So anyway, uh, for context, this is uh, this guy, Mike Galita's. He's like the bassist of some other band. And he it, the, his reviews of the records are based on these like weird back and forth conversations with somebody named SW. Yeah. So I don't know. Take take it what you will. We just keep doing it. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've done this one many a time. I'm just at happy that this time I've done I've got it down. I've memorized the uh, the cues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, all right. Um, this was on two video game soundtracks that I could find. One was Tony Hawk Shred, which I didn't even remember was a thing. Did you ever play Tony Hawk Shred? I did not play Shred, no. Did you play Tony Hawk Ride? I got up to four and never went to any iteration of it after that. Got it. Yeah, I, I, um, I mean, Tony Hawk won the classic. Though I barely remember any Tony Hawk games after that really well. There was like American Wasteland, but I didn't understand. Like, I don't think I knew what was different about those than like regular Tony Hawk Pro Skater. So I kind of stopped paying attention. Anyway, I remember Tony Hawk Ride when it came out. Tony Hawk Ride was where you would get a, uh, a skate deck peripheral that you would skate you would stand on while you played the game to do tricks. And that was Tony Hawk ride. And uh, I found a video online reviewing Tony Hawk shred, which was the follow-up to ride that was supposedly going to make the video game, the, the, the ride controllers downfalls fix all of those problems on shred. And apparently the game was just absolutely fucking awful (laughs) and horrible to play. Um, So Tony Hawk shred, this was on the soundtrack for it though. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was well, did super, you, super bad. Did you ever play there. Top Skater in, in the arcade then? Love Top Skater. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? So like, I imagine that's how, what it was trying to, to. Yeah. Just like how Kim has be. a DDR machine in her home. <laughs> like I would have a shred yeah. machine in my house for sure. <laughs> I fucking love a shred machine. I would <laughs> have a Top Skater machine in my house yeah. for sure. Very much like that, although not attached to anything. It was just a skate deck with like some accelerometers inside it. Gotcha. And yeah, okay. So it was abysmal here. But let's real quick. Let's just listen. I want to. I want to see if this uh, brings back any memories. Let me just jump ahead. Yes. 
started playing it directly after I was done because yes. Come on. you need to be able to know exactly the direction you want because you can execute some really cool stunts between those two trees, but you need to line up perfectly because if you even remotely graze one, you're going to be knocked right off your skateboard. But that's a lot of the fun of a game like this is that it only takes five minutes to play, but it would probably take hours to actually get amazing at. A and that's exactly why I sucked at it, because I would play it once every few weeks when we go there. <laughs> oh, my God. I would just dump 20 bucks on yeah. this game. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and that was the thing is you had to beat the shit out of it. To oh, get, yeah, like, dude. The, good. the sound that that you trick. could just hear people kicking yeah. that deck yeah, man. from across the yeah. damn place. Yeah. And then, like, you would always, like, come and reluctantly put your quarters in the first time because, like, you don't know. Like, somebody might have fucked it up the day before and you don't know. <laughs> so, like, you have to step on it and see, like, how calibrated is it? Is it centered? Or is it? are you going to be, like, leaning to the right the whole time? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we've definitely digressed about Top Skater. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, recently, for sure. So. We even looked it up on, uh, on eBay, I believe. Yeah, I think I watched a lot of videos <laughs> on it. Um, here's some chart info for the song. It peaked at number nine on the Billboard Rock Songs chart and number two on the Alternative Songs chart. And did I have any other info about it? Nope. That was it. I do have something from the Phoenix New Times. Please. Michael Lopez, holy Arizona Republic Reader's Choice, a new Jimmy World song, My Best Theory, from August 10th, 2010. The most important, wildly popular Arizona band in the last year, so says always on top of things. Uh, meticulously up-to-date Arizona Republic. Uh, Jimmy E. World announced via Twitter today that the band was streaming a new song for their upcoming album, Invented. The song, My Best Theory, picks up where 2007's Chase This Light left off. I'm no Jimmy World expert, so the best I can come up with is that My Best Theory sure does sound like the band is in stride, and that it will get tons and tons of rock, radio rock play. Uh, I haven't really bothered with Jimmy E. World since Futures, but who's to say the band can't recapture some of the, that clarity swagger. My Best Theory certainly fits in with the current alternative rock music scene, so it will be interesting to see the reception Invention gets once it hits store shelves September 28th. Nice. Yeah. What was that writer's name? Michael Lopez. Yes, Michael Lopez. That sounds right. That's yeah. Right. Sweet. All right. Um, did um, you get the, some, go ahead. the Consequence of Sound blurb? consequences of the one i have is about how jimmy eat world this record is uh let's see this is alex young i don't know who wrote it i oh. didn't link to the article this is the article i always reference though where it says the verdict of invention oh yes and it mentions this song right this is different then this is just another oh, little sweet. smaller blurb um and i imagine there's a couple of things that we're going to mention tonight where we're not going to actually get into it until later i think this is one of those things this is jimmy world present their best theory on late night so it's talking about their late night show when they were uh, promoting it. So this article is from I was Alex. Say probably Letterman, right? Yeah, I think that's the one. Because they uh, did it on Letterman. Yeah, November 1st, 2010. Uh, Jimmy World are probably busy packing their bags before jet setting to Holland this week. But the Mesa, Arizona-based quintet spent Friday afternoon in Los Angeles and stopped by Jay Leno's new slash old not-so-late night talk show to play a song from their latest studio effort, Invented. Maybe it was cold in the, st in the studio. Or maybe he was nervous to be playing in front of the, uh, the man who ran Conan O'Brien off of NBC. But the magic of television sure made singer-guitarist Jim Atkins sound a bit off-key during the first verse of My Best Theory. Dude, I only found them playing this on Letterman. I didn't know they There's played this on Leno. How odd. Man, 44J Pod, if you have a copy of this, 
I only have the Letterman performance and, you, and many versions of it. Like somebody uploaded it only recently in HD. All the other versions look like a potato. Yeah, there is one. Oh, this is the middle. <laughs> yeah, there is nothing. Huh. Interesting. I couldn't find, yeah. I did not come across them playing on Leno. Interesting. Yeah. So that's what they're referencing here. Letterman always plays. Now, I, I have part of their Letterman performance in a montage, so I don't have the first verse. We can go to the Letterman performance and see, did he mess up the beginning of it? Here, let's, uh, I'm going to take a listen to this real quick. Let's, uh, like I said, I didn't plan on playing the beginning of this, but maybe this person's mistaken? Like, is it possible? Please welcome, please welcome back to the program, Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> And Letterman's studio is very cold. If you watch well, Courtney Marie Andrews, she's doing whatever that sound is. Yeah, on that Korg, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the dead cat sound. But no, it, it wasn't this performance. He sounded totally fine there. Yeah, he did. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, a Leno performance. Interesting. Hidden Leno performance. Yeah. I'm interested. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I've got, uh, here's just information about Invented as a whole. This is the Best Buy, Best Buy and Canadian versions of Invented. Included uh, You and I as track 13 with guest vocals by Courtney Marianders, written by Wilco. Coffee and Cigarettes Acoustic uh, with guest vocals by Courtney Marianders. And Precision Auto, written by Superchunk. And Anias, the demo version. Uh, so those are things that the uh, Best Buy and Canadian versions of Invented included. Um Oh, this I thought was interesting. So Song Facts pointed out that lead singer Jim Adkins sums up their hiatus, proclaiming it's been a long time. This is the lead single after – now, they say hiatus. It was three years between Chase This Light and Invented. So it wasn't really a hiatus, but it was just that. But what's interesting is that he – coming back and your first lyric being it's, a long, it's been a long time – Reminds me of when Taking Back Sunday did this with the song Set Your Favorite Phasers to Stun. Do you recall this at all? Uh, this was like their no. first song back after I believe now I believe I don't I don't give a shit. Um I'm not a huge Taking Back Sunday fan anymore, but um at the time I'm pretty sure this is the first single they had come out with after the the runaway success of Tell All Your Friends. And so the first lyrics on this opener remind me of that sentiment anyway so i, I hear it that being the first song back, at least that's how I remember. That's how I recall it. Yeah. Um, and being like, oh, that's cool. So I, that's sort of what Song Facts was kind of getting at, I felt like. Um, so it reminded me of that. Um, 
Oh, there was a website blurb, a, a, an archived website blurb, where Atkins said of the track on his record label's website, the song is about finding your individuality in a world where extremes are more and more presented as your only option. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, that sounds a lot like what Sam and Josiah were getting at. Yeah, right. And <laughs> he goes, doing this a lot longer than yeah. us. <laughs> Middle of the road, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um. Well, did you, you said song facts. Did you read the song, the four items that were on songfacts.com? Yes, I did. You, did. Uh, you might be getting at this last bit. I didn't label it as a song fact. I labeled oh, okay. it as a Rick Birch blurb. Got Is that it. the one you were That's the All right, one. Read yeah. that. Yeah, read uh, it. Bassist Rick Birch was asked by CMU in a 2010 interview how the Is band. Carnegie created- Mellon University? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. It is the CMU website. I do believe um, this is complete music update. <laughs> but oh my God. <laughs> Carnegie Mellon, maybe on, it's on the same level. So, yeah, uh, let's see. Complete Music Update (laughs) was asked by Complete Music Update in a 2010 interview how the band create a track. He replied, there's no one set process, but sometimes we'll be jamming in our rehearsal space and we'll have an initial idea or something will happen. And that will build from a melody into a song or someone will come in with a strong melody already thought out or one of us will have a song pretty much complete and we'll just fine tune it. I want to hear all the Rick songs, the ones that he brought. Oh yeah, dude! All those bass ones—the ones he takes for a walk. I wonder he, if he brought the uh, the past the baby bridge. He was like, "All right, here's a song," and they're like, uh, "Well, maybe we we'll make that the outro of something." <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Yes, go ahead. So we've got through song facts. Um, I did have one other thing from the uh, Root Note blog. I don't even know what that is. Let's Me neither. This is the first time I've referenced this place. Uh, this is by Rootbot. Or Routebot from uh, August 28th, 2010. Uh, Good morning and welcome to your bank holiday weekend. I hope you're doing something fun. I'm working every day of it. So whilst I hope you're doing something fun, I also hope it gets ruined by British bank holiday weather. If you do find yourself stuck in a flat watching the rain, you'll probably want some music to make your disappointment slightly Mm. easier to swallow. A good place to start this weekend is with Jimmy World's new single, My Best Theory. I had completely forgotten that this band existed, and to be honest, the song isn't my thing at all. But they have always seemed like such nice guys and been so good with the internet that I had to add this link. Please listen. Isn't that interesting? It sounds like the whole thing is created by AI. (laughs) Right? It's like like SEO in the beginning. Good morning and welcome to your bank holiday week. Like, oh, how do I do something with my phone? Which we still have to talk about the new iPhone. Yes. Um... Uh, how do I do something with my phone? And then you come across these AI articles. It was like, you may be asking yourself, how do I do something like this with my phone? Well, sure enough, we're going to tell you how to do something like that with your phone. You just have to follow these eight simple steps. But first of all, let's go ahead and talk. It's yeah. just like an AI article. It's so fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. this one uh, This one seems so strange. Like yeah. it seemed half, the second half just It, it got it run through legit. Google Translate like seven Yeah, times. a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, there we go. It's just weird that it's also by Rootbot. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, here is Stitches and Grooves take on the My Best Theory 7-inch U.S. pressing. This was posted five years before Wes was born on his birthday. This is a promo 7-inch. And even by promo 7-inch standards, this is cheap. The sleeve is just a piece of photocopied paper. Nothing more and 
everything less. <laughs> it's not even a full sleeve. It's just a front cover with uh, while the back is folded over quarterly, like many silkscreen jackets are. Only this is not silkscreen. The artwork is very blurry, and while the sleeve is photocopied and then cut to fit, it is the wrong. It is cut wrong and clearly folded wrong too. Nothing lines up, and there are parts that should be on the back that are on the fold, and parts spill onto the front. It also doesn't fit into the poly sleeve as most 7-inch jackets or sleeves do. So this sleeve is not standard size as well. As for pressing info, exact numbers were never released, but this is out of print now. It was given away with pre-orders of Invented, both online and in brick-and-mortar record stores. There is also a UK version of the 7-inch, which is a picture disc. So I'm looking at this. I, I imagine that I don't have this. I also wonder if he got a bootleg copy. You know what I mean? Like, but like, did somebody sell their copy after having lost the original sleeve and just made a shitty version by printing out the what they found on Discogs and <laughs> and and you know what I mean? Well, taking it to stretch. Stinkweeds Records and putting right. it like, does anybody have this forty four J Pod? What? What's the number? Forty four J Pod. And let us know if your 7-inch of My Best Theory, backed with Stop, has this really shitty sleeve. I'm I'm interested. Nothing more and everything less. <laughs> I know. This is, this is like <laughs> Stefan from fucking SNL. <laughs> <laughs> this record has everything and nothing at the same time. <laughs> oh, he's so good. Yeah. What was it? Uh uh the mosquito problem i assume you have mosquitoes real bad up there too um with all this heat but americana at brand memes which is an incredible meme account low hyper hyper local it's all about like la area uh things i probably send you their stuff all the time but they had a picture of stefan and doing his like thing and it said uh Mosquito's hottest new club is Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh, I feel like I think I'm immune. I think I'm immune because Lindsay will come outside anytime oh, in the last dude. three or four days, minutes, and she goes, I got bit. I got yep. bit again. Consider yourself lucky, dude. I am very fortunate. I am very fortunate. Yeah, yeah I just don't get bit at all. Lucky. Um, an incredible amount of... Incredible, incredibly, there are very, very few tweets about this song, other than like check out our song. Here's a what's it called a Twit FM link and all that stuff. Like, there's just not a lot about this. The best I found, and we responded to this tweet December eighth, twenty twenty, and got one like. <laughs> like from, um, I how do I tell? Let's see. Oh, somebody, one person liked it. Uh, Bob. At Pizza Beat, practice makes progress. Drummer for ultimately fruitless, and then they put, okay. So that guy liked it, and I just don't know what Zach is responding to. So November fifteenth, twenty twelve, Zach is responding to at D Night Delight. Uh, Zach says on a few songs, and all I get is that this tweet is from a suspended account. So then Zach responds November fifteenth, twenty twelve. On a few songs. Then there's a response. And then Zach responds again, still November 5th, 2012. Pecking order for what? <laughs> and I don't have any context here. Then the, this tweet is from a suspended account. 
Then Zach responds again, November 15th, 2012. Certain songs lend itself to a click. Middle, Let It Happen, My Best Theory, and some songs have tracks. 23, Polaris. My guess, my best theory, is that <laughs> D Night Delight is asking Zach about how they determine when they play to a click versus playing to a backing track as opposed to having a live musician on right. stage with them. We responded in December of 2020. That account is suspended now. What was this question about? Click tracks versus what other kind of tracks? So, and uh, no we, reply. We only got one like, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I guess nothing. Uh, I felt like I saw something on Twitter and I wanted to weigh in on uh, the. Uh, current event southwest southwest why didn't you get the air marshal involved this is disgusting an fai add this loser and his wife to the no fly list all right something happened some drama on uh, southwest flight oh <laughs> this morning my wife left orlando florida aboard southwest 1630 mco to phoenix she sat behind this man there's a photo of this guy uh she had been attending the grace hopper conference all week and was resting her head on her tray table trying to sleep a bit let me tell you what happened oh is this gonna be a really long thread <laughs> oh it's really really long uh looks like okay looks like this person i'm not uh, I, this is such a digression but i'm i need this tea uh, <laughs> so there was physical assault of some sort Sarah and her t- seatmates began to communicate via notes on a napkin you guys should ask for security to walk oh weird anyway i don't know oh my god justin i couldn't even explain to you how many tweets there are in this thread anyway the last tweet it makes me wonder what would happen if the roles were reversed what if a brown man attacked a white woman this way would it just be another uh would it just be allowed to blow over man i'm interested in like what this whole thing is but i can't read this tea right now all right anyway that's what happens when i get on the Get on the Twitters. Got it. Uh, Mid pod, but I had to. I had to read. I had to read about our tweets. Um, all right, that's all I have. We read that. We read that. Uh, all right. Did you read the drowning sound blurb? No, I didn't. Go ahead. Did you have the drowning sound I, blurb? No, I don't. All right. This is uh, this article is called "You Can Trust Jimmy Eat World," a band you can trust. Uh, uh, drowning sound meets Jimmy Eat World. This is written by Andrew Trendel. September 21st, 2016, and um, here's the blurb. It's not all strictly matters of the heart. Just put on Bleed American, Blister, Nothing Wrong, or My Best Theory for a blast of vitriol and evergreen youthful rebellion. For a band so emotionally direct, I'm curious as to how close they claim to wavering their flag politically after living through the age of American Idiot and touring during the time of Trump. So that is the Drowned in Sound blurb, just basically saying... Uh, listing this among the tracks in which they take a stance on something uh, or not. <laughs> um, then there's also the get alternative blurb. Did you read this one? I did not have that one. No. Not okay. Get this is the one that says it holds up. Jimmy world's invented. And it's basically their article where they say, uh, Hey, take the, take another listen to this record, which I do all the time. And it's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's a big long blurb about stop. But somewhere in here, I'm going to skim it, skim it, skim it. Of course, I don't see it here. 
I don't know if what I'm about to say is true, but it's always been my theory, my best one, you could say, and I'm sticking with it at the turn of the decade after Chase's light didn't yield any major widespread hits. I believe Jimmy Eat World decided to stop chasing the fame, money, airplay, dragon, always make whatever album they wanted to make at that moment and trust their instincts that it would be good and their fans would be on board. So it was basically that they made a my best theory pun. <laughs> <laughs> my best one. That's right. Um, so there is that from Get Alternative. And then, oh, Alter the Press. There is a cool blurb regarding Mark Trombino working on this record. I'm going to play this at 1.20 in Watch Together. You know, we, we went back into the studio with um, our friend Mark Trombino, who we've done three previous albums with. And uh, that was a great experience. Um, Mark is a really talented guy. And... Uh, we basically made this record on our own, in our own studio, and uh, we needed someone to kind of help us take the songs kind of across the finish line, so to speak. And, uh, you know, at the same time, we didn't want to go anywhere, and we didn't want to bring anyone in. So Mark was, had the, you know, ability and the willingness to work at home while we worked in Tempe. That was um, a really good setup, because we could do what we were doing, and he could listen and kind of add his ideas and go back and forth. And so yeah, this is a pretty cool interview. Like it's very, very like amateurly done, but like great, content. well done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good content, well done. But you could tell they had like no money to do it. Like there's no Zach is sitting there in a sit down interview that's like well composed for what for the time, and just no lighting on him at all. <laughs> it's right. Just and like, it sounds like Jim's doing the the vocal sound check with the backing track in correct. there. Correct. Yeah. It looked like they actually were able to like film them doing a performance of the song at sound check. Yeah. And uh this is uh if I scrub back a little bit, you can see Jim is in his uh his uh sweater over a collar shirt era. Yeah. And uh yeah. So anyway, I thought that was a cool blurb because they I I, I I don't know how much we talked about it in the very, very, very past, but I feel like more and more recently we've glommed onto the fact that they recorded this song on this record on their own. And Mark really wasn't in the studio with them as much as he just mixed it after yeah. the fact and put some flourishes and things on the record. So anyway, pretty cool blurb, I thought. Um, I teased that this was in two video games, one of which was a Tony Hawk game. The other was Rock Band. So there is a rock band, a rock band version of the song. Uh, I do have, if you want to watch, uh, let's do it mode. Yeah, let's, let's watch this. Let's jump to like the bridge, the bridge section of the expert mode. playing rock band oh I don't my think I gosh this makes me want to play again as I, as I, what was that this makes me want to play again yeah i know right Ugh. i don't know if i would enjoy it as much now as i did then but i did really enjoy it back then i, I was i a guitar i think i was more of a guitar hero man than a rock band man yeah i liked i the thing i didn't like about rock band was that when you had friends over and they wanted to play the drums you had to set all that crap up 
Yep. <laughs> we had like an ottoman that like had the drums in there. <laughs> and then we would just like break it. It, was, it had all my video game stuff, like in controllers, the uh, even I think the games might have been in there. Yeah. Um, this ottoman. is pretty cool. We don't have to watch the whole thing, but right. I, I dig this. This is posted by Torla Jade 07. And it's essentially a lyric video. And in 2010, I don't think lyric videos were that much of a thing, but they hand wrote and hand drew the lyrics in a notebook and timed it to the video. So I think they did a pretty good job. This is my best theory. And then it cuts to by Jimmy World. It's like essentially like a low tech time lapse. They did a good job. The music notes, they're hitting right on the beat. Ooh, oh, it's a spin. Look at that keyframe. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. Like they t- they they had the forethought to take pictures at every stage because they're they're drawing on the page and then taking a new picture. It's not they're not it's not like magazine letter cut out like ransom note style. It's right. Like, <laughs> it's you're seeing the progression. It's a progression reel essentially. But yeah, they did a good job. I thought. Um, and then oh, lastly, that you know I love doing this. This is a band called My Best Theory, and uh-huh. they posted a video to YouTube saying, this is what our record is going to sound like. Uh, My Best Theory, This Is War teaser. So this is what their record is going to sound like. What do you think the band My Best Theory, before I hit play on this, what do you think the band My Best Theory sounds like? Oh, man, I'm going to say, like, uh, some kind of core. I would say uh, some hardcore. Let's say hardcore. Okay. I would have guessed, like... um like a taking back Sunday, like naming your band, like my best theory sounds very like new, New Jersey, Long Island. Okay. So let's take a listen to my best theory. This is war. You can see these lads here. Here's a short taste of what our EP welcome to the circus is going to be like. We are hoping to have the EP finished soon. So you can all hear Nailed it, Justin. Yeah. So mm. I can't. I guess I thought the EP was "This Is War," but maybe this is the song "This Is War" yeah. from the EP <laughs> "Welcome to the Circus" or whatever the hell are they talking about. Anyway, there it is. I, I, uh, I thought you would enjoy that. I like. I like going That's down great. these digressions where somebody. I mean, and there's no way relevant. they name their band after the song, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I love it. Um, shall we jump over to community? Yes, man. Let's do it. Okay. Um, I've got a plus two on song facts. Um, uh, this what are they is saying? Posted by unnoticed flair says, I feel like the song is about being baptized, not because you believe in it. He's doing it for another person and trying to prove that the point, uh, prove the point that it doesn't make a difference. That was posted September 21st, 2010. I guess it's an interesting take that we hadn't come across. You know, I found, pretty cool, we finally caught a live random poll. So this one was from Nez477, submitted two days ago. So by the time this episode comes out. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I voted in this. Oh, did (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to vote right now. And my vote has been cast. Oh, there we go. Okay, so you want the numbers so far? Yeah, please. Let's see. We got 277 votes, David. Where do you think they sit? With my best theory versus I will steal you back. 
It's going to be tight. Because I believe those are both. I believe I Will Steal You Back was a single. I'm going to say, though, that my best theory is winning out 60-40. Interesting. So with 10 hours and 14 minutes left in this and 277 votes in, my best oh, wow. theory has 137 and I Will Steal You Back has 140. So it is neck and neck wow. as of right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Very close with those two tracks. I don't know. I get they're so they're so different. I my best theory and I will steal you back. I just think of that I yeah. will that promo piece they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So very close in that. Um oh Pebble Swift asked, What song do you think best represents Jimmy World as a band from three years ago? Uh I saw this question posted over on Arctic Monkeys. They couldn't choose one because all of their albums are completely different from one another. What song do you think could be used to sum up the general sound of Jimmy World? And Minty901 says uh, a praise chorus is the quintessential Jew song, yeah, to which uh, Linux1212 I was going to say an album cut from Bleed American. I think yeah. would be like a good... Mm-hmm. All-American, baby. Uh, Linux1212 uh, says, I agree, this song has it all. And then where is it that this one shows up? I think uh, I think my best series is a good choice. You got Zach doing some great stuff. The bass tone is great. You got some shreds. Uh, yeah, it would shredding the, on the guitar a little bit. The one mention of my best theory was from uh, Emmy twenty eighteen. My first thoughts are you with me, my best theory, and work. Interesting. Yeah. I do like my best of those three. You with me is great. I do like. I mean, I love Integrity Blues. Works good, yeah. but I feel like that's a little too... Too ballady. Yeah. I think my best theory of those three that she said. I still mix up work and pain in my head. <laughs> Just in, like, when you say work, the first song that plays in my head is pain. Huh. I don't know why. It's and, and it doesn't help that they're both four letters. I'm sure that's easy yeah. to get mixed up. I, I, I guarantee you that has something to do with it. Yeah. My brain categorizes things in that way. Um, <laughs> you want to hear some shoutbox stuff? Yeah, hit me. Uh, Jacques... Jacques Swears on August 10th, 2010 says, is at 2.39 p.m. The song had just come out. There's lots of shoutbox happening right here. Um, This is maybe the 15th uh, thing Jacques says. This is awful. Who are these people and what have they done with the band I used to love? Jeez. Um, So that's pretty good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's all he says? (laughs) That's it, yeah. Um, every you know, obviously, here's the thing. I gotta find the interesting ones, right? Because they're all like, everyone's like, "Oh, I love the song. This is a great song. My best theory's already in me." Like, yeah, okay, if I can get it. Um, <laughs> here's a uh, Composera, August eleventh, twenty ten. Meh. Compared to all the brilliant fa- past first singles they put out, it's not that great. Kind of generic, really. It might be a grower, but I'm definitely hoping the rest of the album is better. I wonder where they landed on that. Jacques is responding to somebody. I won't argue taste with you but this does not sound like jimmy eat world uh and then somebody else responds what the fuck has happened to this band this does not sound like jimmy eat world um <laughs> and then you know comments gonna comments whoever thinks this doesn't sound like jimmy eat world in any context has a hearing disorder or perhaps a mental one. Oh boy <laughs> i know that and, the, and there it is <laughs> yep uh the conversation yeah, uh, continues but yo know, i gotta read the ones that are uh uh, oh, here's here's somebody saying the same thing, essentially. Uh, September 20th. Oh, no. Jimmy Eat World was so much better in former times. It now sounds like pop. I'll think about it, but I still want to think... I still want to go to their concert in Cologne in November. Disappointed, sad face. 
The musical Vito says, very different from past singles, more conservative in rhythm, but really good and catchy. I love that there's a... Uh, <laughs> quite disappointed with this. It's all right, I guess. This is a banana tune. I just don't see myself getting hooked on it. Nothing compared to their older albums. Now, Futures, that was an album. <laughs> what an old man thing to say. <laughs> but I feel like My Best Theory is a great... It's a good um, single. Yeah. Um, you know, and, it, and it is. The thing is, I absolutely love the hi-hat work on this. Like, I, yeah. I remember... I actively remember driving to my old job in the morning, playing this song, mentally making a note of how good the hi-hat work was. Yeah. Like, it goes. And you can see him, uh, you know, even watching the video of him uh, playing it there, and I believe there were one or two drum covers that had it, but it's not like it's not all just like... Nah, he just... You can see Zach pull off a couple of times. People have a tough time playing it, for sure. Yeah. Now, I like this. Uh, Niall L. Mooney says, has this ever played during the end credits of a movie? It has that sort of feel. And that was posted April 27th, 2013. And I do think this does have like that end credit sort of feel. You ever have thoughts of like songs in that way of like, oh man, this would sound great over the end credits of a movie. Or if I ever made a movie, I would put this over the end credits. Sub songs, yeah. They gotta be pretty hard for me though. I feel like in most movies, that moment, the, the, the finality of the movie and then coming into it, Sometimes they'll do that like slow song, yeah, before they actually start rolling the cast, yeah. But like, so I've got my example. I have my one song that I always uh, do this with. This is the one song you'll. I, I assume you'll know it. I assume you'll know it. Um, I'm gonna set the scene for you. It's a foyer. It's a it's a giant foyer of an office building. All right. It's pretty empty. There are two people. We don't hear what they're saying. It, it, it could be a guy and a girl. There's definitely a girl, though, because at the beginning, you're going to the last diegetic sound you will hear from the movie is her heels walking away in this giant foyer. Right. Uh, it's backlit. So the 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 camera angle is uh, they're in silhouette a little bit against the the glass foyer of the uh, entryway of this building. Got it. Uh, woman turns, walks away and the crane starts to go up, you know, end shot of a movie. Right. Here's the here's the song. <laughs> and then wait, we don't know. Is this the end of the movie? What an interesting there's a sound playing. And then Black credits start to roll. I love the picture you painted. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man, what a good song. Anyway, love it. <laughs> that's my that's my credit song. Mm. Oh, dude. Davey Havoc? That's what yeah. he looks like without makeup? Well, what era are you looking at, I, I, Davey Havoc, current. without makeup? Recent? Yeah, recent. Interesting. I guess I haven't seen him recently. Yeah. He looks, uh, he's got like a doo-wop haircut. Guy looks good, man. Very different from what I remember seeing. Huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Looks like Davey Havoc. Huh. Twisted. I put this in community. I don't know why. 238. Interesting question, I say. Uh, Let me go ahead and put this in here. 238. This is more of that ask reply stuff. 237. Let's see what, let's see what it gets said. 
are all the songs that invented written from a female's perspective? I thought this was an interesting question for all of the stuff we've talked about with invented being written from the perspective of these photographs, right? Right. That's a really good question. Who asked this question? Let me go back. Sci-fi world. Hunter Schwartz on Twitter. At Hunter Schwartz. At Hunter Schwartz. Twitter <laughs> wants to know if all the songs uninvented are written from a female perspective. And I would say no. Not all of them. But actually some of them kind of do kind of central, the central figure is female. Um, but that's not, I mean, no, I wouldn't say that's, I wouldn't say that's the majority of the record. I wouldn't say that we've ever set out to make a particular kind of record or a specific kind of themed record. Um, everything is just, ends up being the best songs out of the batch that we have right now. And, you know, I think Invented is just, is, is not unlike the other records that it just became the sort of combination of all the tunes we just felt were the best tunes classic oh yeah well he even said jimmy even said that the uh, cut is from the female perspective and then uh, invented is from the male's perspective right so we knew yeah. that but good yeah. to hear it from the man himself yeah what other community stuff do you have okay let's see i have hmm this is and uh, sherry mentions uh in november 23rd 2020 since my best theory is one of the songs featured uh, today in Courtney's poll, I thought I'd share this. What do you think about this version? Uh, don't you don't know how I feel about the backup vocals? And I think what she's referencing is this is live at Edge Studio Sugar Beach. So Did this you want the acoustic version? Yeah. Do you want to go uh, ahead and listen to that now? I guess that's a good part. I do have it as part of my live performance montage, but we can hear a little bit of it because okay. it's pretty cool. And it, I want to know what you think it sounds like. All right. It hit me immediately. When I heard it, this what's cool about this performance. Um, are you going to queue it up? Because I don't think I have a link handy. Because I, uh, I do. Yes, oh, wait, I might. I might have. It. Uh, but yeah, if you've got it, I have the uh, one. In, the drive up. is a little bit better co- uh, quality. Sure. What's cool is Tom is playing piano here, and Courtney is just standing there at the mic. So it's kind of interesting. I when I listened to it on drive. I was like, oh, cool, Courtney's really playing piano here and, and singing, and she's really forward on it. But when I watched the video, Tom is playing piano, man. It's cool. <laughs> All right, well, here it is. version of the song 
nothing in, in particular. Maybe like an old Weezer B-side. Oh, I was going to say Tears for Fears. Oh, okay. Um, Mad World. Oh, okay. Yeah, with the piano. Yeah. Can definitely Even though the, they changed the vocal melody a little bit, I wonder if they knew that it sounded like Tears for Fears. Because <laughs> it's they changed the vocal melody in such a way that it, it kind of sounds like it. Uh, Twit FM has a bunch of comments on this particular acoustic version of the song because they, they tweeted out this version on Twit FM. Uh, this needs to be on iTunes so I can buy it, please. Sad face. Super legit says. Um, sounds great. Thanks. Beautiful song. Acoustic version is even more beautiful. Can't stop listening to it. Love it. Love this song. This is really good. Super, super, super. My best theory. Cool. Thanks, y'all. Loving the gym attitude. I assume he says thanks, y'all, at the end. Uh, is there anywhere we can download this from? The Amazon link doesn't list it to buy. Um, so says all the people there. And and I don't recognize any of these usernames here. So, yeah. No one uh, no one of note from the community that we've uh, been involved with uh, prior to this. So, um, lastly, for me, do you have any other community? Uh, I have just a couple of thing. other things. Go ahead. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah, no, do yours. We'll, we'll end with we'll end. Um, I did want to mention, we we mentioned this with, I think it was invented, Alex Kyle's uh, post from December 4th, 2019, Clarity and Invented Secret Sisters. I did want to mention uh, my best theory in this context, because we did mention um, toward the end, uh, Invented's role. All right, here we go. It's, uh, so this is Alex Kyle. He goes on to start this off by saying, Firstly, uh, you probably think, why on earth have I broken the track listings up with lines? Well, this is because this is where I see similarities and groups in types of tracks. I'm going to call these acts with one transition track Mm. that both albums have. If we start Act 1 on both records, we have Table for Glasses and Lucky Denver Mint from Clarity. And we have Heart is Hard to Find and My Best Theory on Invented. Two very different openers with very different feels, but both clearly openers. I struggle to imagine these anywhere else on the albums, and I think the guys may have done two, hence them being track one. Where I find similarity here uh, is the sense of hope through despair I get from them. Something is broken. Something has gone wrong. Something needs fixing. Following this next comparison is much easier. Uh, Track two is the big rocker lead single from both albums, sonically, different but both placed at number two for the same reason these were the tracks that would hook people into the records and they come early enough to do so successfully so big songs and i think that's pretty common right they they, we we've talked about how the arcs in an album that jimmy eat world puts together it's kind of like how they do their live shows they'll they'll do arc one which ends with a very soft track and then they'll come back in with something big just to get the energy back up so i get this Alex Kyle just saying that uh, this second track is big and to rope in the listener. Yeah. Okay, so that was Alex Kyle. Uh, The other thing I have is a very brief thing from Facebook, (laughs) looking at that community. This is from Annika Keeling, September 29th, 2021. Just heard my best theory on the radio in Iowa. I about drove off the road, LOL. It's going to be a good day. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for my community. I couldn't think of an interesting thing to give you for this number. All right. So I'll I'll I'm reading uh sarahscoop.com, the meaning and symbolism of angel number in numerology. So here is this number in numerology. This is a very significant two-digit number in numerology. The good things about this number is associated with the energy of change, transformation, progress, and good news. If you are looking 
to make major life changes, then this number can be a powerful ally as long as you keep a positive attitude about these upcoming new experiences. Justin, what number do you think this is? <laughs> 56. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Are you kidding me? 56 is what I had. 50 and then 6. That's what I had in my head. Yep. Where the fuck did you? So it is 56. How the hell did you come yeah, up with that? It, it's the, it must have been the description for that ang- angel number. Get it, Seriously. dude. You get it. I, I was standing. I had it. If you, if you want the video proof, it was here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, my God. Hold on. What was I going to say? Remember when I told you there was a blurb that I read to you and I was like, oh, they were talking about stop or get alternative blurb. Hold on. Let me go to this get alternative thing. Hold on. <laughs> Holding. <laughs> okay. When I read you Get Alternative, it was actually part of uh, the uh, – it was Jake T. O'Donnell saying my oh. best one, you could say. Uh, so I just pasted the wrong thing in the wrong place. So anyway, fuck that. Uh, Get Alternative said whatever they said about the song. They liked it a lot. Um, all right, so here we go. My Best Theory, number 56. Uh, the lead single from Invented doesn't have a ton of correlation to the rest of the album, but regardless, it rocks pretty hard and is generally the only song on the uh, the band still plays live from it. When I think – of the general sound the band stuck with in the 2010s, I'd say My Best Theory sets the tone for all that followed. Jim has said the song is about finding individuality in a world where extremes are more and more presented as your only option. So there's that. Also, what the earthly fuck is happening in the music video I linked to above? This is around the same time the band stopped appearing in their own music videos, and this is what we get as a result. It's seriously nightmare fuel. The weirdest part is the Daft Punk-looking dudes with beaks. Let's just move on. <laughs> so that is Jake T. O'Donnell's take uh, at number 56, uh, rounding out our community section. Yep. <laughs> um, thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. So I have other versions. We listen to the acoustic. This is just dumb. And we'll listen to the two seconds of it. Somebody posted a version called the female version. Did you listen to the female version? <laughs> I did Justin? not. No. No. <laughs> so somebody just put, uh, they just pitched it up. A little bit. So, uh, and, and then it has the always be artwork. I'm very confused about what this is. The snare drum sounds super punchy. Pitched up like this. It's not quite nightcore. Yep. Here looks like you boys have seen a lot of action. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that qualifies as yeah, a female, female version. version. Uh, nah. Here's a cool version, and I was like, oh, how did they get this? But then I remembered this is in rock band. So theoretically, we have an instrumental version or a karaoke version. So I'm going to jump to, like, the bridge. Oh, you can kind of hear Jim way in the yeah. back there. But my guess is that this was sourced from the rock band tracks. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, That exists online if you want to break that out. Uh, Oh, and and then (laughs) this is just funny to listen to. We'll listen to a second of this. Somebody posted a version, just no drums. So (laughs) I'll jump to the middle of the track here. Lead on Saxulug. (laughs) Yeah, right? Oh, this is like a lead up. You just want them to do the drums, man. Yeah, right? This is... 
Fuck, I'd listen to a whole album without drums, not to say Right? That. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> Jeez. It's the tension is so Yeah, high. exactly. That's exactly what it exudes. Tension. Yeah. yeah. So I theoretically have three nightcore versions. I have no idea if they're identical. Did you, you listen to all the three? Female versions? Uh no, I, these are actual nightcore <laughs> listed as nightcore versions. Did you listen to uh, any No, of not these? all of them, no. All right. Let's just listen to the beginnings of them and see if they're all the same or not. All right. This is the first. This is posted by Snowy Bluey. Okay, so that's Snowy right. Bluey. Let's see what this one is. It sounds the same. This is Eno Eerie. Sounds the same. And I'm gonna queue up this last one. Yeah, lyrics hit right at 17 seconds. So my guess is that this is also the same, just different artwork. Hami Nightcore. Oh, this is different. A little bit slower, yeah. I mean, it's just too subtle, I almost feel like. There's no, like, there's programs used. Wave, Sony Vegas Pro and After Effects. There's not a lot of information about, like, what they did, so. All right, there it is. Uh, an, another Nightcore version. Okay, so, live versions. Justin? To save us time this evening, and we've already been potting for a while here, I went ahead and made so many montages. Yes. I love it. I made bands. I montaged up live performances. I mashed up Coosty versions. Like, we're only going to have to watch, I think, four videos right now, unless there are some that you want to absolutely call out. No, no, no. But this is exciting. <laughs> so uh, the first we'll play is the um, uh, the live performance montage let me copy this link here this is all the live performances that were pro shot that i thought were worthy of cutting together and we can just go ahead and watch this all the way through um stand by i clicked a button and saw that wow it does like so many things so here we go and i'll call out this is coachella is the first uh where we start this song's called my best theory so this one this montage I don't believe I go back to anyone like I didn't do like a go back and forth between them I think I played a bunch of Coachella a bunch of Letterman a bunch of you know we hear a good chunk of each performance because they're all pretty close to each other but this looks like a blast man that make Coachella is so weird daytime performance oh yeah this is afternoon man four o'clock <laughs> yeah This is April 17th, 2011. CMA rocking out over there. Ooh. Here we are on Letterman. 
September 24th, 2011. I do believe I got a letterman at the end just because I wanted to see if he asked Zach if those were his drums. He did not. K Rock. Yeah. In the closet. Yep. In the hallway everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> October 1st, 2010. <laughs> Ooh, dude, slowing it down. Yeah, Goosey a couple weeks boy. later at the edge in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice going. Very nice. Love Thank Dave. You. Good to see you again. Thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you as well. <laughs> when you were in New York, um, did you ever go see Letterman? We did not, no. We got to see him. We got to see Michael Buble oh, my. perform at Letterman. That was pretty cool. Uh we happened to run into, you know, one of those like audience people walking down the street. And we answered the trivia question correctly, and we got to go. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. It was a good time. All right. So that's that. Uh, Next is the, let's do the play-along montage. All right. So here's all the people that did play-along. So the way that I broke it up, there were so many drummers, is I gave, I did the drummers kind of like I did those live performances. Each drummer got a section of the song, and then I cut between all the other people. I did the best I could mixing, you know, whatever. Um, there are technically two vocalists, but the other just had a black screen. So I just let them sing at the same time. Okay. I, I can't really hear either of them, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> and of course, I put the YouTubers' names. Yeah. Love this dude's face. I see your face with the song 
You make them sound good, David. Thanks, man. He's playing on yeah. expert mode. I love this the, the kick pedal angle. Jeans and socks, baby. <laughs> His drums were mixed so low compared to the song, unfortunately. Yeah. Great job, so fun, dude. right? <laughs> it's so yeah, it is. It's so I, fun. I love watching. them. I love them like my children when I do this to them, and they don't even know me. <laughs> if, okay. I mean, I know they're they're playing to the track, but man, it just fits so well on the way you. It's edit so it. fun when mm. it lines up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, this is the band covers montage. So these are actual bands that covered the song. So this is more like I did with the Jimmy World live performance, but this cuts back and forth between them all a little bit more so you can kind of get the feel for how they all played each section of the song. Sweet. Y'all ready for this? <laughs> yeah. This drummer is great. Look at him, man. There's 48 people in this band. (laughs) (laughs) 
do. Love Chaos Invasion. Love Chaos Invasion. I thought he was wearing a jumpsuit. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> This chick is the leader of the band, I assume, because I mean, Carly Rotten. YouTube page. Look how high the bass player's bass is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Bob. Forty nine members now. Oh, dude, he's got the effects pedal and everything. Representative org. So fun. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. And then we finally got the last one, which is our acoustic montage. I forget how I got how I cut this together, to be honest with you. I love it. Did I did I give everybody is it straight? I don't know. Well, let's take it in. I'm gonna take it in with you. <laughs> I think everybody gets a little bit. We don't go back and forth. It says only one life I know. But I have my own mind. I'll say His voice sounds so like the guy from Placebo. If it seems yeah. right. I see your warm face with the soft mouth, but it speaks something else. So I'll take my chances with the cast down. We can feel the How does acoustic sound like that? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's <laughs> a good question. It's a lonely 
Kitty cats, man. Yeah, man. Job, Vince. And, yeah, and the rest. David, excellent work on all four of those videos. Thanks, man. Mm. And that was the way we easily get. You could see all of those people. Oh, I yeah. linked them in the in the description of the videos themselves. They're also all in the playlist for this episode. Oh, uh, did Armaquade make it in there? I forget if I put Armaquade. I know I downloaded it, and I think I was on the fence about putting them in the uh, in the acoustic one. But this is a good piano cover. Um, they just didn't sing. I think that's why they didn't end up putting them in the acoustic one. And I was like, technically, it's not acoustic, but it kind of is. Now, this isn't the same person we saw last time, right? No. Okay. This dude looks like he's a hacker, but he's just playing <laughs> piano. So that's cool. Uh, and lastly, um, I have a, somebody from the Facebook group posted a cover, as they are wont to do. Um, I can play it here on my end, or you can play it on your end, depending. Uh, Let's see. And like it has loaded up. Kyle Uy posted September 20th, 2020. Hi, guys. I recently got a new guitar, and I broke it in with a little cover of My Best Theory. I think this is certainly one of the band's best but underrated tunes. Jim's recent podcast with CMA got me listening to Invented again, uh, though, and I was reminded of how much I like this song. I love that white cable. I do love nice. that style. I want to yeah. say that's like I like that quarter inch cable. He's got that yeah. curly uh, white one. And the color of that guitar is gorgeous. Yeah. So you ever rave to Jay? Uh, I do, but it's not great. Oh. Yes. All right, let's listen to it. I couldn't tell you what the other track was. I thought of it tonight. And it was oh. it, it was so fleeting that um, I forgot what, <laughs> which uh, song I mashed it up with. Oh, I got what's I it called? My on theory. <laughs> now I remember. Oh, what's this? A different eighty song. 
Uh, yeah. Take on me. That's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the bass doesn't line up. No, but it's still fun. I think it was the whole, uh, again, going back to that, somebody watching you. It was the guy with the, the wrench that comes running around. That I Oh, think there you go. Yeah, we were yeah. listening to it in the car, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to mash these two up. So that's <laughs> what I had. What do you got? I made my world theory, and it works really well. So Ooh. I took the acoustic version and mashed it up with the uh, Mad World. My world theory. Oh, dude. It's good, right? Yeah. Yeah. kind of falls off a little yeah, bit that's okay good. though yeah that was good it worked uh it worked as well as i was hoping so there it is justin what are your final thoughts on this our 155th song my best theory by the band jimmy world uh i think it's a jam and i know that i think the first time i listened to it i was half excited to listen to it and then half i guess intrigued not disappointed like some of those other commenters were saying it was just different um but in the end this song really struck a chord with me uh, big fan of My Best Theory. What about you, man? Yeah, it's a standout track, so much so that I'm always surprised that it's on Invented because I I don't consider Invented a lot. I know I like the opening track that I always forget the name of, Appreciation, I want to say. Um, uh, right? Or is that... Uh, for this album? The opening tra- uh, uh, is that off Damage? Shoot. Yeah, yeah, it um, is. That, that's the opening track for Damage. Yeah. This one's Heart is Hard to Find. Heart is Hard to Find. I do like that song, but yeah, I can never remember the name of it, nor can I... Uh, <laughs> Appreciation. Know, but anyway, uh, yeah, it, it's one of those songs. I'm pretty surprised it's on Invented, to be honest with you. But yeah, I'm... Uh, um, uh, yeah. Um, there's a reason they still play it out, because it's a really good song. It's a really yeah. good Jimmy World song, so... Um, and I think it, I think that's a really good encom- encompassing thought that it's one of the tracks that is very representative of the band Jimmy Eat World. Um, so yeah, there it is. That's a, those are my thoughts, and I'm excited for everybody to hear the interview. Uh, yeah. Now, um, so uh, yeah, if you find uh, that you need to listen to another podcast, please be sure to check out 155, uh, or even go back all the way to one, Blink 155, but never forget to be excellent to each other and party on dudes
Ladies and gentlemen, here we are, episode 155, and we got the hosts of Sadie Hawkins Pod. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I Welcoming think... Sam and Josiah to the podcast. Yeah, what? I think yeah, Josiah could you. talk about the Sadie Hawkins Pod is the Reliant K one, right? Yes. Yeah. I think Josiah probably has, you must have some Reliant K opinions you could talk about on this Jimmy well, I podcast, feel, Josiah. I first of all, not really. I mean, I think I liked some of their songs, and I think... The singer's a ginger? That's Is that true? That's <laughs> I believe weird. so, yeah. That's a unique thing about a band. But I'm pretty sure Sadie Hawkins' pod, I think we were on their 155th episode, too, without knowing. But I, I didn't check. You I mean, were, yeah. Oh, by we, you mean you, though. No, I think they like took clips I did of it? us. They did a trick clip thing. <laughs> oh, but it's like, right, okay. You know, you know we sometimes... used to, when we started 155, I think we both used to kind of Google ourselves a lot. About the pod. Oh yeah. But now, now that people, it's been so long, and people are doing these like tributes to us where they chop up audio of us, and it just feels too weird to listen to this. So I didn't. Check. Well, that's what I did to I you didn't... in your in your last interview. Is I played all the moments on from Blink One Fifty Five that you had ever mentioned Jimmy Eat World to both of you, and it was like a one minute clip or something. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I feel I feel like I was entrapped because you, you said, "What do you think of Jimmy Eat World?" And then I I feel like I tried to do sort of a, 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 a balanced answer, and then you had all of this, you know, because when we record our show, we don't we still don't think that anyone's listening to it, and I think that's the best way. Increasingly, to that's true. Actually, <laughs> that's true too. Yeah, ever since we stopped talking about Blink, it is it is becoming more and more true. That'll be our final form. It's just us. Talking to each other in our late sixties. Uh, you have two song. patrons, and it's just you. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be perfect. We wanted to thank you guys for coming on, specifically to this episode, episode one fifty five, for the song "My Best Theory." Obviously, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, Josiah, last time you were on, we talked a little bit about your history with the band and all that stuff. Sam, I'd love to get into that a little bit with you, sort of what your history is. Can, can, can you remember you what I them. even said? Do I have history with the band? I know there's that no, one. No, you had no history. Yeah, no, okay. No. I was like, what did I even say? That must have been quick. <laughs> classic, classic pod memory hole. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I fucking loved this band deeply and profoundly at the period of my life that I somewhat obviously would deeply and profoundly love this band. So... When Clarity came out, I was in high school. I I actually genuinely can't remember how I first came across it. Like, I feel like it was an errant MP3 kind of situation. And I remember going to see them play at the Opera House in Toronto, which is like a relatively modestly sized venue. I think it's about like 1,200 cap room. Menin was opening, so it was the first time I'd ever seen Menin, which was like... A, a big thing in my life. And I also remember it was the first time I'd ever seen a band not play an encore because I'd only ever been to sort of bigger, uh, maybe more traditional Canadian alt-rock shows, which is perhaps a style of music that we will get into as we discuss the song My Best Theory, <laughs> which uh, Josiah and I both maybe felt was somewhat reminiscent of some of our favorite aspects of living in Canada. But um, like Clarity is was was like one of the records for me. There was a long time where I would say this was probably like a top five album. You know, I like Static Prevails a lot. 
Bleed American already kind of started to lose me and Futures was just sort of more of the same where by both of those records, like half of the songs I was not super into. And then I was just like completely off the wagon by then. But I am the exact guy like the like you can see me because we're on Zoom. This is classic 155, like we're doing a visual bit on a podcast, but like <laughs> fucking look at me. Like, of course, <laughs> Clarity is one of my five favorite albums. Uh, I, I, I went to go see this band be interviewed at Much Music one time, which is like the Canadian MTV, and they had street level studios, like literally just to like see Jimmy World like be interviewed. And then they came outside and waved. Like I was, I was really, really fucking into this band. Um, and then, uh, when they sort of, I don't know if they pivoted, you know, or, or evolved, whatever, you know, you guys would kind of consider to be the, the way that this band um, fell off for me. I, I tweeted something like really angsty about them or just like <laughs> oh, I rude for that. <laughs> around, uh, around one of, I'm trying to remember which record it was, but I was like still checking out, like every time they put out a new record, I would listen to it because there's always like one or two people in your feed who are like, the new Jimmy World actually rocks and they're basically always wrong, but I definitely <laughs> tweeted like... I found it. I just found it. Is, okay, wait, what is... Is it this what album? Is, what what year is this one from that we're talking about? 20, 2010. 2010. Okay, no. So this must be the one after or something. In 2013... Sam tweeted, made it 55 seconds. That's a pretty good number. 55 seconds into the new Jimmy Eat World record. Still love clarity, but do not understand how adults create or consume this stuff. And it looks like the band replied to him and said, congrats. Yeah. You even got a direct reply. <laughs> yeah, and I was definitely like not verified at that point. So that was just Jimmy World like on because it was on album release day, and it was the first time where I was like, maybe I shouldn't be such a fucking dick on the internet. Um, that's a lesson that Josiah has you never learned. Even, yeah, you weren't even like you were you were hedging. You should have been ruder. It might have helped them <laughs> if you were if you actually said, you know, this album sucks so bad that I regret even ever putting on Clarity. Maybe they would have been like, damn, we've got... Instead, <laughs> instead, because you were hedging, they felt the need to kind of be snarky back to you. But I think that's why you should really, if you're going to... You know, this is why you shouldn't never be passive-aggressive, is what I'm saying. you got to twist that's, the you, knife. That's a good, that's <laughs> a good lesson. And perhaps if I had been more direct, I could have stopped them from releasing... Uh, Integrity Blues oh, in 2016, Come which on. is one of those albums. Your encyclopedic like, knowledge no, is so actually, surprising to me. It's actually good. Or surviving. I'm just literally looking at that. Oh, okay. I was going right to say. Now. All right. All right. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not specifically dissing it. Uh, to be honest, I couldn't remember the name of any of these albums if you asked me. So that is my monologue on your podcast about my relationship with Jimmy. Do you Eat think that World. you actually? listen to 55 seconds or was that kind of a rhetorical device that you used? Did something happen the 55 I remember distinctly mark? I was on the subway. I was like, I'm, I'm going to download it. I probably had RDO at the time and so I had like loaded it onto my oh, phone RD. and I yeah. was like, yeah, RDO, the, the the only good streaming platform to ever exist. Amen, amen. Thank you. It's amen. the only streaming platform seemingly designed for people who like music. Just, I miss it every day. Yeah. But, uh, you know, too beautiful for this world. And I definitely was like, got on the subway. Like, I can picture this moment where I was like, all right, new Jimmy World, let's give it a shot. And I was like, nope, fuck this. Like, I, it was probably, I don't think I was being clever. It was probably 55 seconds, which is honestly not fair or, or enough time to judge an album. That's, no, that's a long time. That probably counts as like a full album stream by today's standards. <laughs> that's true, yeah. You can go platinum at 55 seconds for sure. <laughs> 
Do you oh, guys? Man. So do you guys like these albums? Like, do you yeah, like? Do you like this band? Yeah, 155 <laughs> episodes. You first of yeah. all, it seems like you're still friends with the main uh, Jimmy. Uh, yeah, Jim. Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim. You're friends with him. You've probably what order? I know there's some clever order thing happening, but have you done it in like, like? I think there's a clever and order. Of even like, if you <laughs> list your favorite Jimmy World members, even you're like, you, honestly, uh, oh. it's Jim, and the then world, it's, and then probably it's the Tom, world, and, and then, then yeah. Eat. Uh, no, I, I think, <laughs> I mean, no matter what band it is, there's a lot of bullshit in a body of 155 songs. And I don't. I haven't listened to Blink One Eight Two in two years voluntarily at all. I listen to Blink One Eight Two all the time. I know you do. <laughs> I know, but I'm, my question is: Do you still like Jimmy Eat World? And also, mm. have you, if you haven't inspired Jimmy Eat World to do a snarky reply to you on Twitter, have you really been honest about it enough? Uh, <laughs> we joke that Zach, the drummer, who probably replied to Sam from the Twitter account. Um, probably hate listens to the show because he's just that type of dude. Josiah, I think he might really enjoy his like <laughs> his takes on things, just the way that he'll snark a fan. I think you would appreciate that that side of Jimmy. That might be your favorite Jimmy World thing is Zach on Twitter. But um uh yes. Uh I think for the most part, specifically more than Sam, I still love this band. I'll let Justin answer for himself, but yeah. Yeah, by and large they're uh, from Clarity all the way to what they have with Surviving. I like the albums. There's a handful of them, like Damage. I think that's the one you mentioned in 2013. I There's a couple of songs on that album that I, I like, but really, uh, that whole album is just kind of like I dismiss it. So yeah, there's some albums, but for the most part, I really like the band. And the more that David and I have done this podcast with the people that we've met, you guys included, of course, uh, it makes me love the band more because the community... And I don't know what you guys have with uh, Blink-182 as their community. It seems like they're a very... Um, uh, We're blocked by <laughs> a lot of the fan pages. <laughs> Thanks to me. A lot of the no, big fan No, but it's true. I, I think the, the process of it does make you appreciate it because it, it, you know, it's like anything. You, know, you think about bands you were into in high school like you know we're always on our pod like going off about oh this this reminds us of like the sickest local band and the way that what you're remembering when you think about the sickest local band is like the community that you were a part of at that time and so i I think it makes sense that that would sort of make you think that some of this bad music is actually good (laughs) (laughs) i think i think josiah hit it on the head a little bit in both respects in that I have lost the ability to be as rude as I probably should be because it all is starting mm. to sound good and I appreciate it for what it is, whether I like it aesthetically or not. Whether I liked it when I first heard it when it came out, because I spent a week doing a bunch of internet deep dives about the song in particular, I'm like, <laughs> oh man, they worked really hard on this. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's fair. I mean, you know. In the end, maybe our entire podcast ended up being about the subjectivity of taste if it wasn't about diarrhea. um, So to to say that like the purpose of this podcast... I mean, both of those things have a pretty distinct taste to them as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, You know, for what you're doing, like who... I mean, again, I think something that we do sometimes is just take a shit on a song. But I think that for, for the purpose of what you're doing here and the fans that you're speaking to, I mean, unless a song is like really egregious. I mean, I think about doing Blink-182 songs and getting to something like the party song where you're like, okay, just like the, the whole vibe of this song is fucked. 
I don't think, I mean, at least in my knowledge of, of the Jimmy World catalog, there's anything quite as like gnarly and sexist as anything that exists in the Blink-22 catalog. So unless you're like really unpacking something like, you know, the really racist Jimmy World songs to, to sort of uh, approach <laughs> Those are the them based ones, on them. That's the problem. The racist <laughs> ones are the best Jimmy World songs. <laughs> and really. it's, well, you know what, we could admit, we'll talk about this when we're done recording, but yeah, same. <laughs> the exact same way. You've mentioned it on the pod too. There was all this that um, uh, that not weird owl person on Napster that you would download, and it, and it, it's like definitely mm. the cousin band where it's like, oh, have you heard this Lenny Lennox song or whatever? I don't remember the guy's name, but it was always like the worst parody songs that were the racist songs. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these are the worst. Is there a racist? So there is like obviously yeah, the racist parody artist that would be mislabeled as Weird Al. Are there like racist emo bands? You know, because it feels like most other sort of punk derived yeah, subgenres have some some issues, right? Like, right? There's there's they've racist. got all the issues. Uh, they got to catch them all, right? There's got to be one. <laughs> there's got to be a racist. There, I want to well, find the I racist guess, emo theoretically band. like. Well, okay, I mean... Like, like outwardly, is, I'm sure there are a lot of emo bands that are there fucking is, well, there, there, there literally is, like, uh, but it's not really Jimmy Eat World type emo. But the band Heroin, the Screamo band, they reunited a couple of years ago to get in on the wave of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. emo shit. And the singer has, like, a whole bunch of, like, straight-up, full-on neo-Nazi tattoos that he didn't <laughs> oh, think God. to cover up <laughs> in their reunion photo. And so the reunion was oh, yeah. obviously canceled because everyone was like, But oh. Screamo, I think, Screamo's, like, adjacent enough to the to the Nazi genres that it's fine. I'm, I'm talking, like, Jimmy... I want, like, radio-ready kind of emo <laughs> yeah, like what that what's is the, most about the final solution. <laughs> you want that. There, I don't want it. The, I don't know. Sorry, I don't this? want Sam it, but I... wants that. I, I look at... I'm going to make this clear. I don't want any of this. Sorry. Can, we, I, can we start I the pod over guy. again? I think I, I think I found a guy. I'll find the screenshots, but I found a guy who was going off on me about Joe Biden, and I did some digging on his Instagram, and I was like, this might be the guy. I'll bet he, because he was oh, in a okay. band. I think I, I think I might know the guy, yeah. I hope it's like I don't Anne know Berlin if the band was the, in on the race, the race. this dude for sure was. <laughs> This what is fun. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm looking forward to going going deep on this with you, David. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the song is My Best Theory. Uh, it sounds like it might have some CanCon connections. Uh, I, I'm very excited to hear that because I don't know that we probably hit those in our research. In that, well, yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, it sounds like CanCon because uh, the song sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. it what's just... what's CanCon? CanCon uh, is so... In Canada, where we live, this oh, is Can something Con. that we've accidentally... Not, uh, yeah, Cameron content. Pod- <laughs> it sounds like Cameron. Um, no. It, in Canada, there, I don't know, Sam probably knows the minutia of it, but there's, like, rules that you have to play a certain amount of Canadian artists on the radio, and because of that, like, the worst rock bands to ever be conceived just are, like, thrusted into careers because it's the law that they have to be allowed. And so... Something about this song really sounded very That's Canadian it. to me. It also sounded very, I mean, these are the two things that everything is for me, but it also did sound kind of like maybe Skillet or something, or like just some like deep Tooth and Nail records, like modern, when Tooth and Nail records was trying to make like modern rock. It sounds Christian and Canadian, and normally I, I love that, but this time, I, yeah, it really grossed me out a lot, this song. Sorry. Yeah. I wish Sorry, there was like a literal, a literal Canadian <laughs> Eat shit, Zach. Um, I wish there was like a literal Canadian connection. But yeah, when Josiah and I were both listening to this right before we jumped on and 
was like, oh yeah, it just it just reminds me of of does it? What does some, it actually sound like? It almost sounds like a a Billy mother talent. mother. Oh yeah, yeah like, like a deep Billy talent cut. <laughs> I remember talking Billy to someone talent, about huh? yeah about the new Billy talent and their you know opinion of it is that it just sounds like a band who doesn't even know what music is anymore. Like where you're just like. Like like a Metallica, where like Metallica kind of got to this point, well documented in a literal documentary, where it's just clear that they have no fucking idea what music sounds like and what sort of music they want to make. And I listened to this and I'm just like, what is this supposed to be and who is it for? Because it, it melodically really feels to me, and again, in my sort of limited knowledge of the band's catalog, sounds a lot like Get It Faster. Like it just feels like... like same kind of tempo, melodically very similar. Also an attempt to sort of do some more interesting, like, guitar, like, sort of guitar, not virtuoso shit, but, like, still, like, ooh, maybe, like, the emo version of Shredding or, or whatever. That, like, Get It Faster has that kind of, like, baby's first Iron Maiden breakdown to it. <laughs> yeah, which, totally. <laughs> as a person who didn't listen to Iron Maiden in high school because I was so fucking soft, I was like, this is, who's ever done this, this before? This is so heavy, yeah. This is the heaviest thing anyone's ever done. And so this felt like those things to me, but it was, yeah, it was like if Mother Mother or Billy Talent, I mean, the Arkells never even really sort of, they, they just wanted yeah, to sound like the Constantine, so that's not quite it. But there are, like, to Josiah's point, there are these bands in Canada that'll do, like, arena shows here and then like literally cross the border into Buffalo or Seattle and nobody gives a shit. And that is what this sounds like. It sounds like one of those things where like this band plays the Junos every fucking year and you don't personally know anyone who listens to them, but you're like, wow, they're playing a fucking 30 date tour across Canada and they're like all arenas. little mini cities you've never heard of too. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but that has like, an arena for triple A hockey or whatever. Totally. You're like three shows on Prince Edward Island. And then you're like <laughs> learning all about the Maritime Hockey League or whatever the fuck it is. To your point, though, Sam, I also think the the riff in this song goes beyond that, and it does sound like it almost sounds like if you like, you know, you're visiting uh, your nephew or you got your kid a toy guitar, and it, you push the button, it has like a ri- a riff. Pro- it sounds like a child's <laughs> guitar riff at the start, like a child's rock and roll guitar riff. Um, I mean, and I think I, I also think as as musicians get older, I think what happens, and it happens, it's happened to like all my favorite artists. At least in kind of an indie adjacent alternative rock world, they like get tired of doing the same thing over and over again, and then they get this idea that they're like, "Oh, we're, I know, we've never done like rocking out, so let's do some like rocking riffs or whatever." And it's always so bad, and that's what also this reminded me of. That was, was like, like the beginning of practice. They were like, "All right, guys, we're writing the record today." I, I was thinking maybe one, maybe an idea like this. And yeah, then the one that <laughs> just a rocker, you know? Like, yeah. just like the record doesn't have any rockers on it. <laughs> yeah. It it rocks like it, it, I don't oh god it just rocks in <laughs> such so, a bad way yeah so rocking like... I just feel like this this what I can't get past in my head is the idea that the middle ruined this fucking band and and like that's a mental hurdle for me maybe but I hear this and I'm like ooh I recognize like there's a sort of like chugginess to it that reminds me of some of the stuff that I liked on Futures like there's like I just I love how the bass sounds like when it started I was like I'm gonna open up my mind to this I'm gonna I'm gonna come on this pod and be like I loved it because I knew Josiah was gonna fucking hate it the minute that that (laughs) baby's first guitar riff uh, uh, Ripper started and I just couldn't get around it and I feel I don't know man it uh, 
Oh, it, it, this song is not good. How do you? Okay, you well, guys have obviously talked about this song. So what do you? Okay, to, not to redo your pod, but well, well, we haven't we, we haven't recorded this one record. yet. So okay, but, but I'm familiar with the track. So 155 songs in, Jimmy Eat World usually stick to the formula: verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, and then they'll finish it out. The bridge sometimes can be that moment of salvation for the band. Do you remember the bridge at all? Did it feel like, oh, I kind of like the bridge? Or was the whole song just like, I'm throwing this thing in the track? That's where the guitar stuff happened, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like there was some real, like, hard panned guitar stuff yeah. where I was like, I'm just going to listen to What's the song called again? Like, Moment of Theory or something? <laughs> My, My Best, best theory, yeah. theory. My <laughs> Best Theory. Yeah. I, I don't remember the, the bridge. I also was just looking at the music video, and it was reminding me how, uh, where I live... There's a very large Ubisoft office, uh, and this the visuals of this remind me of like awkward game developers that are always like awkward. They don't know how to pay for food and lo- like they just they just like don't they feel so uncomfortable when they're not behind their PlayStation and business kind of, park chic. Yeah, yeah, it just seems like game dev aesthetic uh, to me a little bit. So no, the, also, I, also I didn't the make fucking it the lyrics, right? Like I, I was as I was listening to it, I was like, "Is this song like about just like how both sides are wrong?" Like that was kind of the vibe that I got. And I mean, I, yeah, in, in my experience then, with the band, they were never super political. But then futures, you have this like, oh yeah, okay, this is like futures, kind of like the, an anti-Bush song, right? Ostensibly. I, and that I, might explain why it was giving me Muse vibes. And then when I was just looking at them dunk on you, I saw that they're playing with Muse. So are they like libertarian? Is Jimmy <laughs> no. World a libertarian? Uh, no, they're pretty emo they're rock pretty, band. Uh, lots of Christians, but more on the uh, critical of the church Christian side. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and and way more lib. Yeah. Is there Christians in Jimmy Eat World? Mo- they're more yeah, we, uh, we Mormons. Talk- yeah. Yeah, we oh, had, okay. when we had spoken, I was adamant they were all Mormon. I, I, I'm backtracking on that a little bit, but the original bass player did leave to go on his Mormon mission. But he's he's a great friend of the, of our pod, and and we reference all kinds of old stuff with him. So he's good. He's good people. I, I opened up the lyrics so I could. What's funny is like outside of the chorus, I don't know that I know them. So I want to I want to read these over and see. Uh, See what what I think. Maybe they it just, it just felt like a real like anthem for like let's give Biden the nomination. Uh, yeah, was, just being like let's you know, and that but then their other song is called the middle. I, either they're libertarian or they're just like centrists, right? It's kind of it the, could be, the, um, we, environmental because they're in Phoenix, which is insanely red. So you know, mm. it's environmental. So they're like as a, lib as they can be given their circumstances. Yeah. Let's let's hold the old script. It's a new twist. You can feel the air. I mean, that seems like a, a bot. And Justin, you're the lyricman of yeah. the pod. What, what do you what do you get from that? Uh, say that one again. Which which line were you going through? Let's hold the old script. It's a new twist. You can feel the air. See, the air thing is a little bit obscure. I'm not sure, but uh, Jim has even said this song is about being an individual in a world where there's just a lot of extremes. There's, uh, you have to make a decision one way or another. And it, so it is about centrism. Yeah, it is. It's about there's if it's not about if it's not about politics, it's about finding your individuality, and mostly that runs right middle of the road. Which is oh, a big. I think they're doing like an AFI thing. You know how Davey Havoc will split up a lot. Like if you read the lyrics, it makes no sense. But when he when he sings that, or no, when he sings them, it makes no sense. When you read the lyrics, you're like, oh, this is a full sentence that spans the thing. I believe is you can right. feel the air rush out from the center. Yeah. Which again, like you're saying, is very centrist. Oh but, right. Um, 
yeah, I, I it goes the, into the, the chorus. Script, it's a new twist. Is like more of a regurgitate the lines that you forgot about from thirty years ago, and you'll get elected. So yeah, I, I think you guys are like kind of spot on to be honest with you. I think that's a long way to get to say yes, Josiah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, that's all I ever need to hear at the end of the day. Congratulations, uh, man, you did it once again. <laughs> flawless one hundred percent record. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll retire happy. You're good, man. You nailed it. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, so uh, that's your take. Uh, let's see. Uh, you did ask. <laughs> do they? Can you uh, tell my... the members? Can you do a disclaimer for them not to listen to that? Or yeah, absolutely. Or if you're oh, listening, leave it in the show uh, notes. This voice, my, I'm Sam Sutherland uh, on Twitter. Sam, S T H R L. Is that is that more helpful? Which is that the other guy or no? Yeah, uh, my, my name is Justin Miller. Also, that's who I <laughs> in this so I'm the one taking a fucking. Justin has shit a Sam Sutherland. Remember, we found that uh, I, I think I had said suggested that you get the other Sam Sutherland on the pod when he came on. He was like an accountant or something, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a, a Justin Miller. Yeah, there's account. a Justin Miller account. I had to follow. Oh him. nice. I said it was it was Kismet that I uh, that I had happened upon him, and so we followed each other. I don't do Perfect. anything. You got to get him on your pod, man. Bring, yeah. bring him in. Yeah, he, he can talk. That's a good right point. Now. You know what, though? We're going to run through how long till March or April because he's a taxman. So he would have to come on and talk tax uh, oh, and, and accounting. Yeah. That would be perfect. Do they have a song what? about how taxes are too high? <laughs> Probably somewhere on futures. Yeah. Yeah. Futures feels like that's the that's the tax. Um, yeah. The tax <laughs> it's a, sure. We're done. They realized they had to start paying taxes as adults. Which yeah, work, uh, work. I believe right. this is talking about taxes, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh, and Man, pain is about just fucking pain. good, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, yeah. Also about taxes. <laughs> um, okay, Man. so my take on the song, I've probably spent two hours going nuts about Zach's hi hat work on this because I think it's actually really great. However. Mm. And this will sort of transition into some production about Fuck Zach. the record and the song. <laughs> is um, uh, This is a highlight on a record I don't actually love. And this is where the band started to become, like you said, they maybe forgot what music was like. Between this record and the follow-up, which was Damage, these are the records that never connected with me that much. Um, and what's interesting is this is their re- collaboration with Mark Trombino, who produced Clarity and Bleed American and Static Prevails, and also Dude Ranch. Um, and this was him coming back. And what what ended up happening was they all recorded inve- Invented on their own at their studio, and Mark really kind of added production elements atop it and mixed it and all those things. But I think there was some disconnect when they weren't in a studio with a producer, specifically Mark they had a weird falling out with on futures and uh and so i think there's a lot of baggage that comes with this the highlight on a record that i don't really love is this a single because it has a music video this This was the lead the lead single yeah wow so they were like this is the best song (laughs) that's a big mistake (laughs) (laughs) you need to to know yourself Uh, you need to really look at yourself in the mirror and look at the track list i think there's definitely moments on this record like they did a huge kind of string section in the opening track at the end that I really like, but it doesn't necessarily make the whole of that track incredible. 
So it's like there's you you kind of hunt and peck and find the great moments from this record, but they are few and far between. This this record has one of my least favorite songs called "Coffee and Cigarettes" that yeah. we joked sounded like an, a '90s car commercial song. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna listen to that. That sounds. Is that, yeah. I think our, Is that a Jarmusch uh, I think, reference? The, the <laughs> we song? we talk about that. We okay. we uh, we talked a lot about that. We don't. Well, it was that and Justin. What was the other thing that you had found? Uh, it was, was the the song a, is called "Cigarettes and Coffee," and and he's uh, Otis Redding. It's from Otis Redding. Otis Redding. Yeah. A classic oh, okay. artist, right? Of course. Um, uh, so we didn't know. They, they yeah. share so much in common with Otis Redding. <laughs> <laughs> well, he mentions the tape. He mentions the tape that his sister gave him when he's driving from Phoenix to L.A. And or that's where I think Phoenix. the Otis Redding with the whole coffee and cigarettes cross reference mm. there. Justin, it's, I just thought of this from seeing the poster on the wall behind you, but this song actually does also sound to me like, like I guess not new anymore, but like post photo album death cab like when when everyone gets excited for a new death cab album and then it's like just kind of yeah. weird and bad and everyone's like fuck what well what's your take on the newest one because david said they, they just released one right I, yes. I mean i haven't this listened to death week. cab in okay like there's a track years. on it though and i'm i mean it, i don't listen to a lot of latter day afi because every time i do i'm like it's it's a ghost of what it was and i we, we mentioned afi in the last time you were on josiah a band you never <laughs> really got into sam i don't know a ton of your takes on AFI, but I anyway, like, there's a I like cab. answer that and stay fashionable, but that's <laughs> yeah. Not about that. Yeah, no black sales, huh? Or the Halloween EP? Or I know like I never got into that. So my sister got really, really into AFI, uh, yeah. but I was not gothy enough then to get it. I was like, I don't know, Days of the <laughs> sure, Phoenix. Yeah. I remember he- having hearing that as an MP3 and being like, this is sick, and then listening to that record at some point, and being like, eh, that's fine. I'm just not so there. It was. totally there's a song on the new death cab record that sounds like latter day afi which is just such a weird cup of tea to sip (laughs) that's yeah that's bizarre i don't know i just find like i just think about this in in this song and then sort of what you're describing this sort of like losing yourself in a way even you guys as sort of like people who have you know are 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 celebrating this band is i don't know this is necessarily true but i wonder is jimmy world kind of unique in that when you listen to to me like clarity right that is like not just like a rose-colored glasses like nostalgia lens oh i like this record when i was in high school like objectively that is like to me still outside of the christmas song so bizarre like a flawless record that is like interesting like just nothing else sounded like it at that time. Like you just think about like those first three songs. Like you're just like, like you just mentally right now. I'm like holy fuck. Like that's and it, anyway, still to me holds up in this way that like feels interesting and innovative and and totally unique. And when I think back on other things that I liked that much in high school, like not all of it holds up. Like when I think back on like the first Taking Back Sunday record, I'm like okay, I loved this because I like had like angsty feelings towards women and I like dashboard because I had angsty feelings towards women and I like, you know, certain things. Whereas the, so now I'm like not surprised that I don't like new taking back Sunday. Cause objectively I don't even know that I like old taking back Sunday, but what I find is inter- a really interesting point. Like, yeah. This is a band that like really was good. You know, like clarity is good. Cyprus is good. Bleed American is, is, Okay, but it feels, I don't know if it's like, in, in the course of your, you know, 155 episodes in on this, is it the point where, like, 
it's Tom. Tom, right? Was like the other songwriter, right? Yeah. Like the, yeah. Yeah. Like, we're, does does Tom just taking his foot off the gas? Because like I know by Clarity he only has like what two songs on there, or is it just one? But like, yeah, Clarity is, 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 is it, the one. Is Blister, isn't it? It's, uh, it's Blister. Yeah. Blister, yeah. So yeah. it's just been like Blister is like one of the best songs on that record. And is there is there anything in your experience that like is it when he takes his foot off the gas that everything starts to sound like the middle? I don't. I don't know if that's true because I have not spent enough time with this band. I'm asking you guys as the experts. I, I, like, I think yes, and it's it, their their story behind it is that Jim just started writing more of the songs, and mm-hmm. so when you have a homogenized workflow like that, it becomes that. And Jim even said as much. He said when we had him on the pod, he was like, "We probably should just like get in a room and jam more," um, but they have you know like clockwork every three years release new music and it mm-hmm. kind of just you know while they're on the road they they tour and jim probably puts some ideas together he's so good at demoing everything by himself that he shows up and it already has drums and bass and stuff that are basically getting dubbed over after the fact and uh and so i think what yeah when you when you be, create a homogenized atmosphere like that it it begets yeah homogeny and- yeah, well, and I also feel like Jim. Jim had on enough. On your podcast, you say it begets him. <laughs> yeah. On our podcast, we say like, I don't even know, like grunting sounds. You also said like hunt and peck earlier, and I was like, oh yeah, that's great. I mean, like you know, <laughs> yeah, ours is literally just us doing Tim Allen impressions of each other. Justin, I'm sorry, I interrupted you to continue. Oh no, no, badly it's... with Josiah. <laughs> well, real quick, I'll just, I'll just, I'll. Uh to what you were kind of talking about there's so much that david has brought to our pod that i think i think has been from what he's listened to on your podcast mm. uh but now having heard what you guys have said maybe he's actually just a genius on his own uh <laughs> yeah. i would anything that he said that's smart definitely did yeah. not yeah. to 155. <laughs> uh, but what i was going to say about jim was i feel like jim had enough um, togetherness to bring the band to that next level. And we're seeing what he can consistently bring to the band over these past 10 uh, albums or so, which some people love and some people just don't like. But the fact is, is that they had enough to get started and proceed as a band to a point where they're still making music in 2019. I love their new music and I hate parts of it. Um, but it's just like it's one of those things where I have an unconditional love for this band just from where I see, I've seen them come. And then also being, you know, 155 episodes in, you just see the hits and misses that they have with every song. Well, and I think the point that you made is, is so interesting. And, and I feel like it's something that we talked about a little bit on Blink-155. But the idea that, like, on some level, the, the miracle is, like, they're still going like and and going and you could do the the anniversary tours right like when they do clarity 10 which is already probably 10 fucking years ago or whatever yeah, like, yeah. You, you you celebrate those milestones and those are for people like me but to say like look uh, to me the middle ruined the band but to the band you're like oh the middle allowed us to be a band for a fucking living and continue to right. tour the world over the course of decades and that's nothing short of a miracle and it's like that's something that's worth celebrating because like my god we do not live in a in a pop cultural environment that is particularly uh you know enthusiastic about new like rock music and so to be in a position where like this band is consistently putting out records and touring 
is uh, is amazing. And so in the end, like it always kind of comes. And this, I feel like this is something that Josiah and I've talked about a lot. In the end, it comes around to like, fuck me, like me being like this. This record is for babies. Like who gives a fucking shit? Yeah, like it doesn't, it's that's also the that's better. I, I think it. If a band only released songs that were like a hundred percent aesthetically good all the way through, then there would be nothing to talk about, and then you it would just stop being good eventually because you know your taste would change or the culture would change. So I still think it's better. I mean, I can't wait to listen to the new Weezer, uh, <laughs> all of them. You know, just I think it's better to just have just keep releasing music that sucks and most people hate it, and just keep doing it because you can. Who gives a shit? We're all gonna die. No one cares. <laughs> Do you feel like there's a do you, do you feel because I feel like Josiah is always like defending Weezer, you know? <laughs> and people who like new Weezer are constantly on the back foot being like it's actually good. And, and as I was saying, I feel like every time there's a new Jimmy World record, Integrity Blues really was one that I felt like a lot of people were like, "No, this one is good." Do you feel like as sort of keepers of the flame that it's is it is it similar to a Weezer situation where you're always having like you're listening? Wait, to as a cat before before they answer, there's a there's an issue with your question because you're assuming that they're at the same. I think everyone contains it's like monkeys with a typewriter. We're all on a Weezer arc. <laughs> maybe their albums suck right now. In my opinion, maybe all of their. I've never really listened to Jimmy Eat World seriously, but you know maybe eventually they will get into uh okay human or the white album or that kind of shit you know everyone's everyone's on their own weezer timeline sam in my opinion damn that's insightful <laughs> that's thanks so true. man that's so true <laughs> do you so like uh, you know so to 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 the jimmies do you guys feel like there's a similarity there like are they on their own weezer type journey maybe yeah and i feel like what Jimmy Eat World does as a band versus what Weezer does. Jimmy is more serious about what they put out. And so I think that's that's pretty present with what they've done. Mm-hmm. And, and you see what Jim what Weezer does with the seasons albums that they're putting out. The yeah. lyrics on some of them are a little goofy. Um, I don't think there's any goofy lyrics. Like I wouldn't use the word goofy to describe songs that Jimmy Eat World has put out. Maybe ones that just are, are misses, but They've, they've tried their best and to be professional and something that you could present to like any group of people and say, this is our finest work. Weezer, I kind of feel like they they don't care anymore and they're just so, they just want to put out albums. The one they put out today, what, they had like four discs that are associated with this, um, with this, you know, for the whole seasons thing. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they've, they've made it and they don't even care anymore. And they're just putting out stuff just because they are just churning out music and they don't want to keep it in. And so, yeah, there is a definite, there's a congruence there with that arc of a band. I just feel like Jimmy World's a little more professional. They're wearing suits when, um, uh, I feel like Weezer's wearing jumpsuits. <laughs> I take that. I want yeah. Justin to answer first because yeah. Weezer is his favorite band. So I was very yeah. excited to hear his answer there. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I think, uh, I, I, I think... I think maybe with those same caveats is where I disagree that Jimmy World's necessarily on the same wavelength. I don't. I think specifically they've re, they've got two songs in the chamber ready to go and no record announced for them because they don't know that they have ten to twelve great enough songs to put on a record. So that they put that thought process into it where they have these songs, they're not sure what they want to do with them yet. Um, and uh, and fan, the fan the fan community is up in arms about oh they should just release a record because that's what I want or oh they should just be able to do what they want um, 
Whereas I feel like Weezer is just putting it all out there, which is great for a Weezer fan, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, right. But I was going to... It's funny you brought up Integrity Blues, because I was going <laughs> to say, if you hadn't checked it out, that's yeah. the most clarity that they've gotten again, if you wanted to revisit that. I mean, after this conversation, I absolutely will. Like, this is always what happens, right? Like, when we do our, like, months or our seasons on 155, like, all I, right now we're doing Fugazi at the time no, we're, we're talking. No, I think we're doing The Offspring right now. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, at oh. the time of this episode is that we are in the middle of, what are we, what are we calling it? Ops? Well, we'll see. It's going to be, uh, the, the title is a work in, uh, all of it's our gonna, season titles are a work in progress. Really. It's going to be something terrible. You'll figure it out at the end of October. By the end of October, we'll have it locked for sure. But, like, I, I, I absolutely, like, can't wait to listen to Jimmy World, like, all night now. <laughs> and I will, I will throw on Integrity Blues, and I will like listen to it with my newly open mind. Nice. And that's I'm my, that's my that solemn that... Jimmy Pod promise. <laughs> I'm going to forget that any of this even happened, and I'll throw a retweet on it when it comes out. Oh, oh, thank you so much. That really means a lot. <laughs> it really does, though. I do. It sounds facetious, but I mean it. Maybe it's of both. Course. <laughs> Dude, David, you're like the you're one of the OG. Like you are an OG man. Yeah. When did you come into 155? Like, what was your entry it was, point? It was okay. So the first time, I think you thing. had already found a YouTube video I had put up, which was uh, cynical at like 16 RPM on my uh, uh, the vinyl oh, on my yeah, turntable. Yeah, yeah. And I found you shortly Sick. after that. And by the time I caught up to cynical, I was like, oh shit, that's me. <laughs> and uh, that's so awesome. I don't know. You were episode 20 or something like that. Yeah. What a journey. What a a dumb journey we've been on together. Well, no, I mean, when David got me into it, I listened to several episodes up in that early time. And uh, and I looked at your episode length. I was like, two, two and a half hours. Who the hell puts together a podcast that's two and a half hours? And then like three or four episodes in, David and I, how the hell do you not put out an episode that's two and a half hours? And so we modeled it after yours. And and I I don't I don't think ours is any less uh, special than it should be. If you're not talking about Jurassic Park for a half hour every other episode, I mean, what are you doing? What, yeah, yeah exactly. like what kind of fucking you ringer ass podcast are you trying to do? If you're like, oh, I'm just going to talk about the NFL, like I don't care. I'm just going to talk right. about Indiana Jones. Shut the fuck up, Bill Simmons. Uh, you know, Sam hates Bill Simmons. That's a thing that uh, that's our next arc. becoming a really important part of pod lore. Yeah, and I think wasn't it just recently this last episode we recorded? Um, We've talked about Salute Your Shorts at least four or five times on several different episodes. Yeah. And who the fuck talks about Salute Your Shorts? We talk about Nickelodeon, you know, all the time. Yeah, you have to. I mean, when you listen to music, you're not just sitting there listening to music. You're doing – so talking about it should be the same thing. It's still, Then those things become part of the song, right? Like, Sure. Yeah. My my pet Sally by Blink One Eight Two is no longer about whatever that song is about. It's uh... who knows, yeah. <laughs> Everything takes on a life of its own. Um, yeah. Josiah was on uh, episode eighty nine, which was Hey You, and I think we did a little bit with Hey Dude. So we were talking right. about another Nickelodeon. fucking Nickelodeon show. <laughs> it just feels so organic to bring that stuff up when we're talking about yeah, Jimmy yeah, yeah, World. Yeah, totally. Of course. And also editing is a pain in the ass. Like if you're if, yeah. if your pod is kind of just about you talking about a thing you love with someone that you tolerate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, there's going to be some digressions and again, like I think that's the essence of like 
Music doesn't exist in a vacuum. Like my relationship. Sam's, with Sam's pretending world. that it was his idea to stop editing when it really. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I, yeah, those early episodes are crisper. Edit out the pauses. So I mean, it's so yeah. boring. They're yeah. brutal. I edited out the digressions because I was like, no one wants this. And maybe I was right, but it's frankly still not worth not worth the. Effort. I thought of doing the opposite is is uh, going because we never simultaneously released on YouTube. And mostly because we play anything mid-pod. We play all kinds of stuff mid-pod. And I was like, maybe I will do, at the end of the show, rather than continuing to pod, I'll go back and cut out all the digressions for YouTube release. So it's like a nice, tight 45 minutes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Discussion of the Smart. song. I thought you I mean, meant like you, if content. you don't have enough digressions, you do the opposite and record them after and add them in. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> punch it up, punch it up with some yeah. digressions. <laughs> I, I definitely got some Better Call Saul jokes in the chamber. I'm ready to <laughs> unleash. Keep it but, topical. Keep it. <laughs> I mean, I really do think like, you know, the, especially when you're talking about, like if you're doing, let's say you're doing podcasts, which is like a music podcast that tends to stay on topic that I do enjoy. Because it's mostly about things that are happening in real time. So if you're talking about anything historical or tangential, it tends to be related to contextualizing something current. And I think when you're talking about things that are so steeped in individual experience and memory, it's actually crucial to contextualize your own experience, whether that feels directly related or is just because like you've landed on Jurassic Park. Like in some way, the synapses of your brain and your experience of that song connect to those things. Like I know, you know, David, when we were talking about me when I was finally getting back to you on Twitter or whatever and we were talking about me coming on the pod I was like okay thinking about which songs you know I could do and I was definitely like my best theory 100% is my favorite song can't wait to do it uh, <laughs> but you know I think about my again my relationship with this band being like so tied up in, in, in high school and that like I used to listen to No Sensitivity like ripping around Etobicoke with my friend Chris Sanderson going to get what we claimed was like the best pizza in in Toronto at this like coffee shop in Mississauga that had like 599 large pizzas and we would like take all our friends there and then we would just drive around at, at, at speeds that eventually led to the dissolution of our friendship because I was like I don't like being in a car with you I think it's unsafe <laughs> and so all of these things are like tied in where you would drive like at a hundred on like streets with like which is kilometers like on streets that were 50s so and then loop the song so that we would end up in one of our driveways like at the end of No Sensitivity. And that's my memory of No Sensitivity. It's both the creation of and dissolution of my friendship with Chris Anderson <laughs> while trying to go get pizza on Dundas Street in, in Mississauga. And you're like, that's... I love everything about that story, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah, but you're like, that's... So, like, to me, I'm like, talking about No Sensitivity is talking about pizza and Chris Anderson and the Etobicoke Youth Band and, like, you know, friends who are going through things that, like, you can't fully relate to. And then eventually you... Re and, you know, and then and now he's a chef. And so it's, you know, it's, we could talk about food. We could talk about, you know, butchers in Toronto. And all of those things, to me, are a part of the experience of No Sensitivity. And uh, and that's why I think it's important that you talk about Jurassic Park as much as possible and Nickelodeon shows that, frankly, I have not heard of because we didn't have Nickelodeon in Canada. I was going to say, <laughs> the, the best I could do is, like, if we talked about Are You Afraid of the Dark, which was, like, oh. purchased by oh, Nickelodeon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or what about uh, Reboot? Have you ever seen that? That's pretty pretty sick. Is that the new Hulu oh, show? No. Oh, oh that is the new Hulu show, I guess. Yeah. But no, not that one. No, it's no, that Canadian. didn't make it here. Uh, Tomorrow People, I think, was maybe a Canadian show that got bought by the U.S. too. Um, Yo, Reboot yeah. fucking rocks. Reboot is a... Is a Reboot uh, is so like, cool. Don't, CGI. Don't even they don't even deserve to know. They need to find out. No, but it's a cool explanation. I want to tell it you. Listen, cool. I'm going to tell okay. you about yeah, Reboot. Keep it. So Reboot is... 
fully CGI, and it's about these sprites who live inside of a computer. And basically, every episode, like a like a game comes in, and they have to like play. So the idea is, it's sort of like almost unless I'm misremembering this from being a child. You're not like like the idea that like TV just has actors in it. When you turn it on, they're like performing for you. <laughs> That the game, like, descends into the world that the sprites live in, and then they are forced to play, like, some medieval game or, or whatever. Uh, and then there's also, like, a villain named Megabyte. And what's the lady <laughs> villain called, Josiah? Do you remember the I lady villain? I can't remember. Villain? I remember. I do remember. the My big reboot thing is I remember the penguin from Wallace and Gromit, The Wrong Trousers. They, like, animated the penguin <laughs> into it. A little Easter egg. I guess oh, that's, wow. like, that's, like, pre-Marvel era. Uh, this Because this show's from 94, also. Yeah. It looks it's so like, fucking good. It sounds so up my alley, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. It's very, it looks very hip. Or The Raccoons. Did you ever see that show? That's another classic no. yeah. cartoon. Oh, so good. So oh, good. Dot. That's right. I was like, there was definitely, like, uh, a female character in this. That yeah, was like Dot extreme. Matrix. Extremely a part of my sexual awakening. Oh yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> she wore that skin tight, uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, unitard yeah. thing, right? Yeah, I'm just loading up some dot matrix. There we go. That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, now I'm looking at. Oh, here we go. She searched dot matrix, and I just got pictures of a printer. I was like, oh yeah. That's the stuff. <laughs> Turn me Clear on. the browser. Clear the browser. <laughs> yeah, this is like not right for a kids show. I mean, it is right, it was, but like. She looked good, uh, and, but and not that I'm sorry. Oh, we should yes. see if we can think of more of the like classic Sam Spiral. <laughs> Wouldn't be a pod without it. I appreciate that. No. Oh man. Mm. So, There's some uh, real is there any other reboot fan art on the internet? <laughs> there is definitely uh, yeah Rule Thirty Four with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Especially once Enzo came back, like Enzo went into the mainframe for a long time and he came back fucking jacked, so I'm sure oh, again, like, that was more your thing. You like know this show so yeah. well. Yeah. I watched I was a, lot a of casual radio. fan. I was casual. Oh. Was casual my relationship to Todd Matrix. <laughs> um, all right, before we let you go, is there any other Jimmy Eat World hot takes that you guys might want to dispel on the pod? I mean, I... I I've still never really listened to them, other than the middle. I think it's interesting that Sam thinks the middle ruined the band because I I remember hating it when it came out, but I, it's grown on me over the years. And I think if every song sounded like the middle, it'd be a lot better than this one that we just talked about. So I, I, I've, yeah, I've already I already regret saying that, so I will say that like it to me that's like a very me in college take to be like, eh, this ruined the band. And I've already through this conversation realized that I'm being a fucking dick about it like I because when I really think about the middle when I really think about the experience of listening to the middle what I think about is like being in a car with like my mom or like this song playing at a fucking wedding or something and like what what is music for I guess and and specifically maybe like what is Jimmy World writing music for and so for for Jimmy World to have a song that allows like my mom and I to like sing along to a song on the radio together in the car like was what, like, who fucking cares if not everything sounds like table for glasses anymore? Like, fuck me, I'm a dickhead. So my Jimmy World hot take is I'm an asshole, and I'm glad that they are making <laughs> big anthemic music for people to feel connected to. Uh, and I'm sorry to Zach for uh, my <laughs> bad not. take. And I, I would I, like to. I'm doubling yeah. down on Zach. <laughs> I was gonna say it was a roller coaster, but you've now made up for the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we have to always. <laughs> 
the show can't end if it's not balanced. So we've learned to sort of switch. Totally, takes. but you still want to go on a journey. So I'm, I'm like, yeah. I'm glad, right. I'm glad our, our journeys are sort of uh, uh, opposite like this. No, I mean, look, <laughs> I'm going to listen to a lot of Jimmy World, and I will let you know if I think Integrity Blues is actually anywhere near as good as Clarity. But there's just no separating this band and this and that era of my life, and for that, I will always be uh, grateful to them. Because fuck, that that album's good, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and Justin, any other uh, 155 takes before we let you go? <laughs> uh, no, uh, but I did want to say, because I was such an early listener in those uh, first few episodes, uh, I, I'm glad, one, two things. So one thing Josiah said, uh, you had talked so many times over so many hours about Jimmy World. Your hot take today was the same that you made in episode eighty nine. So I applaud you for that for being consistent. There, I was interested that you did like the, them. How it evolved? Wow. It hadn't, and that's great. And you did like them. Uh, but and and then uh, as far as Sam goes, uh, it may be fortunate or unfortunate. But my first memory of you is that you I, I listened to an entire episode of you where you you were suffering from chronic mouth sores, and it made <laughs> I know. So that's the one memory. Personality. Yeah. <laughs> Keep in mind, folks, it's a Blink-182. You think these guys go off topic. That's what we talked about on probably, like, fucking... The dick uh, we were, like, in the I Miss You episode, I was like, yeah. I got sores. <laughs> I don't want to mostly want to talk about my sores. I'm so glad that's someone's, like, memory yeah. of me. That feels yeah. good. <laughs> I'm, like, so, in my, in my eyes, good memories. Sores. Yeah. Did I sound um, fucked up? Did I sound normal? Uh, you did. By the end of the episode, you were gone. Uh, you were gone, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at it. It's a real, it's a real You were struggle. in pain. You were definitely in pain. As you know from the podcast, I mean, I take a lot of drugs for my sores. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I, for me, I just want to say thank you guys. Uh, obviously, I've been listening for a really long time. And I think um, in terms of the reason I started this podcast, I had a death in the family. I really just needed something to glom onto. And your podcast was there. And I was like, I think I just want to do something that will take my mind off of it and get me working and doing things so I don't fall and spiral into a depression. And uh, I hit up, I think I hit up Justin and Josiah the same day, not to ask Josiah to co-host with me, but just be like, I think I'm going to do this thing. And he was like, yeah, do the thing. And I hit up Justin, who he and I went to college together. And I was like, hey, I, I know we ran into each other at Jimmy Eat World Show once. And we haven't spoken since college, but hey, you want to do a weekly podcast with me? Here's the comp. And I sent 155. Yeah. And, uh, and so you know how like bands, when they're, st- when they're starting, all sound like their record collections, right? Uh, that was basically, I mean, you guys really laid out the blueprint, and I'm sure you guys had inspirations and stuff like that. And uh, I was able to sort of tell Josiah all this stuff last time. But to see you both and uh, have you guys sort of like bless this 155th episode of the podcast, I really appreciate it. Just, yeah, it was really good. Oh, uh, yeah, I appreciate of course. It. Dude, <laughs> consider, I, yeah. it, consider it blessed. <laughs> yeah, we're here, Amen. we're here to bless. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I, I really appreciate it. This is a cool thing, I mean, you know, that, that you guys are doing and uh, – you know, we've been doing this for so fucking long and it's it's cool because, you know, as a whatever, as a person who listens to stuff like the the things in particular, I think like that idea, you know, design, I've talked about this because like we talk to each other every fucking week now. And so it's we're like, man, we're going to go through some fucked up shit in our lives. if We keep doing this kind podcast. of every day we talk to each other. We actually. do talk to each other. Yeah. Like it, it's sort of like we are we are the voice inside each other's head. And so. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that like we have like we we've gone through like ups and downs personally throughout the duration of 
of our podcast. And I think like there's there's value in that. And you realize you're like, oh shit, like your thing can be that for us. You know, it, it's it's uh, it's cool because yeah, you're right. Like you know, we're influenced by things, and we have stolen a lot of ideas from other people. And the idea that anyone has found like a modicum of uh, anything interesting in a single fucking thing that we've said, like let alone that it has led them on their own kind of journey into something that they love to a degree that has been very enriching for us is like the coolest fucking thing in the world. So like I'm had this being look at you already said this to Josiah, but it's fresh for me and I really, really appreciate it. So thanks man. That's really very cool. And even Absolutely. though I'm here in the second got time, I also really appreciate it even more than <laughs> Sam does. <laughs> so. <laughs> Everything he said, just think of that more. But more. Yeah. More emphatic. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. Uh, Josiah and I'll and if anybody, this later. Well, if anybody made it this far into the interview to hear us all get so earnest at the end of the pod, <laughs> where can people who are not familiar with the entire back catalog of 155 and Blink 155, uh, if you guys want to plug away, please do. And you can plug other things. Why maybe not? you should Maybe you should explain, because I don't know. I, I have no clue how you would get into it now. Well, I mean, can I, you I don't just know. You start? just show up on Overcast every week. It's just there. Yeah, I can't get rid it's of just it. So. Like, it comes out every Wednesday. I don't think you need to listen to the Blink-182 episodes if you don't want to you could actually just start now i think you could hunt and peck a little bit through the new stuff that's Blink five that's the real like that's a commitment so we don't like, want to get homogeny also so we're 155 pod everywhere if you look up 155 on pod spots we're there we're yeah. on the internet you know we're around it's just, yeah it's you know, you don't have to. I wonder if there's anything else. I want to think if there's anything else I want to plug. Fucking reboot, man. Everyone should watch the Canadian <laughs> television show. I'm going to add it to Plex. I'm going to add it to Plex tonight. Yeah. Whatever I your plug. I'm writing it down. sexual oh, style is, there's something there for you. So, uh, <laughs> something for everyone. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, totally. If you want to hear an interesting podcast, I'm going to start plugging all the time. It's a beautiful day in the Gulch. I don't know if you've ever mm. heard that show before. Um, it's two friends of ours. They're, uh, I think they're best friends. They're very close friends, and they kind of just like go for a walk every week and talk into a Zoom mic. And it's like they just talk about the internet, but they're outside, so it has this nice balance to it. Um, and I think that one is one of the most underrated and interesting podcasts. And that's what I've loved about doing this project is just like meeting people doing interesting things from all over the world. And it's a beautiful day in the Gulch. It's definitely like. That's like some deep cult pod shit that more people should know about. So you're lucky. Everyone hearing this right now, you're lucky that you're hearing this recommendation. <laughs> and you better be getting in on it. But, yeah, that's what I plug. 